Coming up on episode 115 of Pixel Gaiden. We talk about six good games with dragons in them. We've got a high scoring game show. Cody spills another beer on the floor. What do Pac Man pellets taste like? We discuss our favorite Mario Kart tracks. A Sydney Hunter Everkid review. Eric gets yet another controller. Cody discusses another hardware mod. And we all drink yet another beer. What's up, what's up? My name is Cody. My name is Eric in the his house. You know? That's how we talk now. Uh, this is episode 115 of Pixel Guy Den, your home for all things retro video game and retro-inspired video game related. If you are looking for those topics, then you're in the right place, Eric. I hope so. I hope everyone's in the right place. Uh, we are a recording this actually later than we normally do. It's actually uh, for us the 25th of September, but this will be coming out here in five days or so. Um, so we're actually going to be kind of on, uh, you know, it's not, we're not, not, not doing this a month early like we normally do. Right. It's going to be more <clears> present. <throat> it's going to be more present to the <laughs> release date. <laughs> there you go. Not that we're doing news or anything that needs to be nope. present, but hey, there you go. Yep. Um, Eric, how have things been since our last recording? It's been been 15 days or so. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I wish I could say I got a lot more gaming in, but, um, you know, I've been doing my best. I've been doing my best. I've been doing okay. So, I mean, I've been catching up on our six good games, playing more of those, so I'm excited to get to that segment. Um, other than that, things have been just keeping on, keeping on. What about you? How have things been? Yeah, you and I are both uh, still dealing with daughters and volleyball, which take up a ton of time. A ton of time, way more than you than the average person I think would imagine. Yeah, yeah, I, and I are you saying we're above average, Eric? Is that what you're saying? I, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> that is exactly what I'm saying. I was able to get out and uh, do a car show. That was fun. I was able to uh, do a shoot, a clay shoot, get out the Ooh. old shotgun, do some clay shoot. It's a whole yeah. lot of fun. But uh, but you know. The the weather is nice, so the getting's good. So well, I'll probably get back to more retro games when when the weather uh, starts to get that much chillier, which it is today. Today was brisk. It is. It was in the morning for sure. Uh, on this episode of Pixel Guide, in uh, we've got as we usually do a full lineup of entertainment for y'all. Uh, we are going to start off with some quick questions. Looks like you added a couple here. Our patrons came up with some more, so we have actually quite a few quick questions to touch we base do. on. Um, many of them I have not even read yet, so I'm going to have to shoot from the hip. Uh, and then we are going to go ahead and have our buddy Tim join us, Mr. Tim Drew, the third of the Migos, or the first or the second, I don't know, but he completes the three Amigos. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's going to hop on. I've got a game show lined up where I'm just going to steal your game show idea, Eric, because it's gone over so well. Uh, <laughs> but I'll let you guys battle it out this time. And then we're going to go ahead and catch up on what we've been doing in the world of retro video and games and retro-inspired video games. 
And then to cap it all off, nice little nightcap, we have six good games, which um, I believe, did Tim pick this one? Six good games with dragons. Um, I don't remember. I don't. I think I he honestly did. I think he just threw out. He's like, "How about games with dragons?" And I'm like, "That is excellent because that's like half the video games that exist have dragons." <laughs> exactly. In them. It's a wide pool to choose from. So, so perfect. It was, it was good. It was time for us to just spread our wings. Pun intended. <laughs> Dad joke. And uh, play some dragon games. So I'm excited and looking forward to that, Eric. But before we get to anything else, we like to start every show off with a few quick questions. Quick questions! So the first question we have today is from our friend, 48K Ram. And he asks, what is your favorite Mario Kart track and why is it Coconut Mall from MK Wii Edition? I guess we know Josh's favorite track. Exactly. Coconut Mall. You know what's funny? It's my, that is absolutely my daughter's favorite track. She wants to play that one all the time. Oh, really? I, I honestly, I played that when I had my Wii. I have it, but I don't remember my, much of the tracks, to be honest. Do you, I mean, you have Mario. Um, I do, but I just, I, I guess I haven't reached that. I mean, I'm sure I've played that track, but I just don't remember it. Yeah. Yeah, it's the one where the stairs, the escalators go up and down, and then they switch directions sometimes. Mm. Um, it is a fun track, honestly. I always forget about that one. It, then, so I, I don't know any of the tracks by name except for the ones that are in Super Mario Kart Eight right now, yeah. or Mario right. Kart Eight. And a lot of those tracks are pulled from old games and mm-hmm. just kind of up, revamped and updated. So, yeah, um, I can only tell you my favorite from Mario Kart Eight because they're my favorite tracks right now because that's what I play. And I think my favorite track. I mean, usually your favorite track, whether you mean to or not, is the one that you're best at and you win a lot at. Sure. There is something about... I'm going to name two tracks. There's something about the Excite Bike track that I love. Yeah, Because it's too. straight up the Excite Bike levels, even with the weird the weird ramps, <laughs> like mm-hmm. all the weird Excite Bike ramps on there. Yeah. And then there's like the, the, the corners and the little mud globs in the, in the center you have to avoid, but you can power slide around the entire corner and get your boost up and rock it off. And there's all those jumps. And if you do your little spinny thing on every jump, you get that much faster. Um, it's like a timing rhythm thing. And I do love that track. And then the other track I love is also a, an oval. And this is, I think it's because I'm into NASCAR pretty big. And racing in general, and both these tracks just feel like I'm I'm playing a NASCAR game to me. But there's that one. I think it's called like Baby Mario's. It's just a tiny little oval. Oh, okay, that's all it is. There's no jumps or anything. It's just a tiny oval with like twelve carts on it, and it feels like a, a short a NASCAR short track because you're just <laughs> power sliding around every car. You can pretty much power slide the entire track. And uh, people are just running into each other. There's nothing but you and people and this tiny track, and I love that. So those are my two yeah. favorites. So uh, yeah, I, I'm like you. I don't remember the names of the tracks, but I always I always like levels in any game that are where you're small and everything's really big. Okay, yeah. Um, and I like the airport one, like where there's the oh, giant yeah, yeah, yeah. planes, and dr- like when you're you're riding through the plane or you're running on the runway. I really I really like that level a lot. It's probably my favorite one. Um, I don't even have a runner up though. I mean, I, I honestly. 
when I play that game with friends, I usually just played the the mushroom cup. That's the first one, I think, the first levels. Okay. And we, I'm so used to those levels, and we don't go that much further because we're having so much fun playing those levels. You're a creature of habit, Eric. I am, and I need to branch out more. But I do like that airport one, and that's that's not in the mushroom cup. So they just released a, yet another expansion pack or whatever, and we've been playing those. We played a little bit of those, and man, there's some there's some cool levels. There's there's a bunch of levels I just like because they're so creative. Um, yeah. I have another runner up cause that just, this one came out. There's one that's on a cruise ship that, that recently came out. It might be a throwback to an older game. I don't know, but it's just super creative. Like you're working your way up to the top deck and then eventually you go to the top deck. There's a big pool in the middle. You can go down in the pool, but then you have to come back out the other side. And then I don't know, it's, it's just super cool. You're on a, you're racing on a cruise ship. I'm going to have to revisit Mario Kart now and try to remember the tracks I like. You should come over. <laughs> Let's play. Yeah, that would be awesome. Sorry, Josh, it's not Coconut Mall. No, sorry about that. Uh, I'll read Josh's second one. Okay. Uh, He said, I actually wondered this the other day. And I believe Josh, uh, in this case, I can see him just sitting there uh, pondering life's queries. Exactly, stroking his lustrious beard. Yeah, yes, yes. Um. Has your time collecting vintage systems spoiled your first love, quote-unquote? Uh, have you run across any system that's managed to eclipse your nostalgia for the machines you grew up with? Hmm. Yeah, so I, it's, I, I think my answer is kind of a little a bit of a twist on this, um, but it's, it's in the same kind of vein here. Um, I will say that having collected so many things that are Commodore 64 related has yep. almost diluted my learning <laughs> to to use the actual hardware. So, you know, I got all these like cool peripherals and, you know, the Kung Fu flash cart from RetroRewind.ca. RetroRewind.ca. Um, correct. Uh, but I mean, I, I have all this hardware, like peripherals and cool things and cables to connect it to monitors. And I end up just using the modern implements of the Commodore 64 because it's just more convenient. And that's kind of spoiled it, but also just starting to collect all these other ones like Ataris and Cocos and and all these other ones, I tend not to use my first love, which was the Commodore 64. Um, But I tend... But to has it spoiled your first love? Is there a sister you love? Is there a system you love more than the C64 now? Mm, that would be tough. I don't... I don't think there is. I don't think there is. So, no, I'm going to have to answer no. no, but I do have a lot less time with the C64. And that I always okay. think to myself, man, it's such a shame. Like, I, I should use that system a lot more. I will answer this question by saying, I don't. I mean, I guess I don't know about spoiled my first love, because if, if I had to go back, I mean, what got me into all this was the NES. And then I had the Macintosh computer. Um, which I don't have any Mac stuff. I've never been terribly loyal that way. Um, and then when it came to 16-bit, I got a Genesis, but I always wanted the Super NES, and I always, to this day, prefer the Super NES to the Genesis. Uh, so ultimately, do I, is there a system I love more than the NES? Nostalgia-wise, obviously, it's it, it's still going to be with the NES and the Master System, because I, I owned that for a while. I had a, a spell with that. But has it eclipsed the nostalgia? No. Has there been a system that I love more than the NES now? And the answer, my friend, is yes. 
Even if really? I can go back and tell my younger self, you need to get a TurboGrafx-16. It is right. the bee's knees. I love that system so much. Uh, I love it more than I think any other 8-bit system. And I know it's 8-16-bit conveniently. I, I love it more than the Genesis maybe not the super nintendo as far as going back then but i I, there's something about that system that yep keeps me coming back and uh if i lost everything i think that'd be the first thing i bought again i remember i worked at a place out in rockland california here and the nec plant was out there yeah and i remember thinking about the turbografx 16 even back then and thinking Oh man, that, 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 you know, was a dumpster fire. Like it didn't sell well here at all. You know, what a crappy system, you know, NEC really failed there. And then I got one later in life. I mean, I got one probably within the last 15 years, 12 years, probably. And I love it. I mean, that system is fantastic. And I wish I would have had one back in the day. The system didn't Um, fail. The marketing failed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um, Man, I, it's just, uh, it's such a beautiful, the, the palette, the color palette, the sound, the games, everything is just amazing on that system. I love it. Gotcha. Cool. So uh, here's another, here's another question, man. We got a ton of yeah, questions. Yeah, we got a ton here. of questions. So Pajaco6502 asks, do you have a favorite retro gaming computing magazine cover or advert in a magazine from back in the day? I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the, the I, answer... I, I'll, for me, I'll just, say, I'll just say Nintendo Power was like the only magazine I really got. And, and there's some uh, some other advertisements and stuff. When I see them, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So I will say Nintendo Power, when they first came out, had all these covers where they actually had somebody sculpt these little clay figures and take a picture of it, and that became the cover art, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Um, so for me, I guess there's one... Here, let me just look it up. Nintendo Power, the Mega Man cover. Um, let's see. Mega Man. Let's see here. Is that it? I'll, I'll, I'll find it, and we'll, then I'll show you. But I think I'm going to okay. go with that. So, what, But what are you thinking? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll answer this question a little more broadly. Is My favorite magazines i had growing up were commerce 64 based we had computes gazette and we had run and i don't remember which the cover was but i do remember when the cover came out because they released the c64c and it was a sleeker looking commerce 64 and i remember Mm -hmm. it was on the cover um of one of those magazines and I, i was just in love and i really wanted one even though now i have no nostalgia for it i'd rather just have the old bread bin um but really, those magazines were, I loved those magazines, and we, I'd pick them up at the grocery store. I didn't have a subscription to any of them. I would pick them up at the newsstand at my local Albertsons grocery store, and they, those were the only two they had, and those were the only two I knew. I, didn't, I never saw an Ahoy, which was another C64 magazine, and we didn't have the cool ones like, the, like Crash and, and those, other, those other magazines from... Um, yeah from the UK. I wish we did. They were so much better. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of our magazines. Shamed. <laughs> Shame. those, ones, those ones just kicked our butt. Oh, that's a nice one. You So now you have a picture of that, that cover up. That's so really the, cool. Yeah. This is actually a, the first, epi- epi- uh, first episode, first issue of Nintendo power. 
Yeah. And it, Super Mario 2 had just come out, and you can see it's all clay. Like somebody actually molded clay and took a picture of it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so anyways, I'm going to go with that just because it's so unique and of the era and nothing else looked like that. <laughs> yeah. And another thing I would look at is, I, and even now, I will go and look through the archives online. Um, you can go to archive.org and look at all the magazines, like The Run and Computes Gazette. And I do love looking at the adverts because I remember looking at them as a kid and, and seeing the long list of games and their prices next to them. And they were just black and white, like two-page ads. But I love those. It was one of my favorite things about the magazine was the ads, was the the plain old adverts, but showing all the stuff that was in there. And I would just like plan out all the money I didn't have to buy things <laughs> out of that. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm going to call an audible here. We're going to finish quick questions after Tim joins us. Okay, we have, yeah, we yeah, have a couple these... more here and we're going to get Tim's opinion on these. Yeah, perfect. Um, but first, I want to tell you real quick about RetroRewind.ca, Eric. Do you know Amiga computers are like more expensive now than they've ever been, Eric? Have Classic ever been, Amigas. even new, even new. Even new. Yeah. I mean, these things are worth a lot of money. So it, it would make yeah. a lot of sense if all the parts you need to repair and keep your Amiga computers up are also a ton of money, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you would be wrong, Eric, because over at RetroRewind.ca, you can get all kinds of things to keep your Amigas running for just a minute amount of cash. For example, uh, you may or may not know this, Eric, but there are living time bombs sitting inside your Amiga computers called Varda batteries. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if these batteries are still in there, get the dang batteries out, right, Josh Malone? Uh, They will explode in there, almost literally. Um, They will pop and, and leak acid all over and destroy your Amiga. So what are you about to do, right? You can take the thing out, but then your clock's not going to work. Head on down to RetroRewind.ca and pick up an Amiga coin cell battery adapter. That's right. You just solder this thing in place. And uh, Bob's your uncle. You've got a new modern CR, I think it's a CR2032, something like that, battery in place, which is not going to leak on you. It's going to keep your clock running. And we're only talking about 8 bucks over at RetroRewind.ca. And that's American. 8 bucks American. Um, because they are in Canada, as you can tell. But they have quick shipping to the Americas. No issues there. Other things you might want to pick up there. Maybe you need to get a new Kickstart ROM. You want to update your Amiga to the newest Amiga OS 3.2.2. For 18 only $18, you can get a Kickstart ROM, physical ROM you pop into your Amiga to update the Amiga OS. Uh, you've got accelerator boards there. Currently, the Amiga 600 is showing on here with the A630 Rev2 accelerator. Show some love to your Amiga 600 I, computer. I have that one, and it is fantastic. I love it. Great, great. Um, Amiga USB HID mouse adapter, anything you need to get your Amiga up and running or to keep it running fresh. We always talk about the the, uh, capacitor replacement kits, uh, the ability for them for you to send your Amiga to Retro Rewind and have it recapped by Frank and the team at Retro Rewind for a very reasonable price as well. So if you've got an Amiga or, for that matter, any Commodore computer, the 64, the Commodore 128, a 16, a Plus 4, uh, even a Tandy Coco, the Tandy Color computers. If you need anything for any of these computers, head on down to RetroRewind.ca and uh, go ahead and make sure you log in. And then you can also use a certain code to save some money, right, Eric? Correct. That code is PG10. Top secret code. Pop Top that in secret. there. Top secret. P 
PG10, as in Pixel Gaiden 10, will save you 10% off your entire order. So head on down to RetroRewind.ca and tell them Cody and Eric sent you from Pixel Gaiden. And thank you so much for sponsoring our show. Hey there, it's Tim. And I've got all the information you need about the Pixel Gaiden podcast. If you didn't know already, you can find the show Podbean site by visiting PixelGaiden.com from your browser of choice. And while you're on your browser, why not check out our podcast feed on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network? You can find it at anchor.fm forward slash Amigos podcast. Have you got any questions? Has something we've said driven you crazy enough to want to call us out? Or you just want to say hi? We love getting your feedback. So here are the ways you can contact us. You can reach us on the show Twitter account, which is at pixel underscore guide N. You can email us and our address is podcast at pixelguiden.com and if you want to reach us directly that's cody eric or tim the best way to get us is through our discord channel on the amigos retro gaming network you can get there by becoming a patron of our show at three dollars or more and we will get you a link to join the fun if you want to reach cody eric or tim directly you can get us on the following platforms you can reach cody on twitter or x and that's at oddball 49 that's o ddba1149 eric is also on twitter and on mastodon and you can get eric on twitter at the project that's d-u-h-p-r-o-j-e-c-t and at mastodon is at the project at oldbytes.space and tim is on mastodon at sanction that's at s-a-n-x-i-o-n at oldbytes.space If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, we'd love it if you'd give us a review and also for any of the other podcast catchers that you may use. Here on Pixel Guide N, we like to announce every patron subscriber that subscribes at a $3 or more level by using our random adjective generator and a little bit of song. This month, I thought, hey, what style of music have we not done yet? How about we head on down to the opera? Pixel Guide Josh Malone, a Jason Daniel James, Randy Old Jennifer, and the eluding Eric Sandrin. Hey, 
Thunderous paradroid and slapstick Mitsuyama. Taunting David Vincent and the brand new news Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cody's Corner. This month, I wanted to talk to you about the new Evercade title that came out that I purchased and have played quite a bit of at this point, and that is the new Sydney Hunter collection. Uh, this collection is very much in line with what I love about the Evercade, and uh, it's you know a collection of modern releases for old systems. Now, what's interesting, uh, as I like to mention, about the Evercade is for some reason the way they go to market, whatever they don't ever tell you that these games, uh, you know, were released for specific systems. They just say, hey, here's some new releases from some independent artists um, or independent developers. Um, video games are art; we'll call them artists. Uh, so it's it's interesting because these are four different games that were released on four different systems, but they don't address the systems or mention them at all. Um, and we'll get to that in a second. Like all of their releases, uh, you get this nice hard clamshell case. Uh, the game fits in there nice and snug. Some of these cases actually have kind of had issues staying closed. I've noticed that, unfortunately. But for $19.99, you get a brand new cartridge-based game for your Evercade. And it even comes with a nice little pamphlet in here about 16 pages or so, something like that, and uh, with pretty good information on the game. So it's like an, it's like an old arcade, or, not arcade, but an old uh, console experience of owning a cartridge, having the instruction manual, being able to dig through there before you play the game and kind of get some idea of what you're getting into, a little backstory, little flavor text, things like that. Always love that about the Evercade. So right off the bat, that's good. So let's dig into these games. Um, and I'm going to rate this, when I talk about this, I'm going to talk about this for two purposes, right? One is kind of for the collector or someone who wants to support the developer to enjoy these games for the systems they are based off of. And then I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have Evercades because they just want to play some games. And I feel like this game is going to be rated differently for somebody who's just going, hey, I want to play four good games. Are these four good games I can enjoy? So what I will say about these games right off the bat is that they are all made by the same developer, Collector Vision. Uh, and if you go on their website, you can see a bunch of things they release. I'm really hoping they release more games for, by Collector Vision. There's a lot of games on here that look pretty darn fun. Um, and uh, they're not all Sydney Hunter games, right? So there's a bunch of, there's a bunch more for them to add to the Evercade so we can buy these. Now, Collector Vision, uh, and I, I don't know all this for a fact, my... Uh, impression is uh, I'm, I've known about them for a while. They started making ColecoVision games primarily. Uh, the Collector Vision, ColecoVision tie-in is apparent in the name. And um, they they would make small runs of very great-looking modern uh, ColecoVision releases that, you know, at this point really pushed the boundaries of what the ColecoVision did. And technically, they're, they're games that are really impressive compared to other stuff you'd find, you know, when it 
ColecoVision was originally out. Um, but that being said, their first game makes a whole lot of sense, right? It's called Sydney Hunter and the Shrines of Peril. Uh, it was released on the ColecoVision. Um, this one was uh, interesting. It was actually released in 2014. And I believe this was the first Sydney Hunter game uh, that they, they had released. Um, and we'll talk about more about them in, in a bit here. But the Sydney Hunter games are very much uh, based off the archetypal, um, you know, Indiana Jones, uh, you know, a treasure hunter going through some kind of rainforest or some sort of sacred, in this case, ancient shrines of peril, I guess, right? Um, trying to get either free or trying to get gems or trying to find treasure hunt basically right and they're just fun action adventure games um the next game i'll mention here sydney hunter and the sacred tribe is actually a sega master system release uh originally again released hard copy with a great clamshell looks just like a master system game um and this game was released in 2017 uh it's interesting i don't know why but the actual title screen says developed by acclaim and then it says 2017 Collector Vision. So I don't know the whole story behind that, but that'd be interesting to dig into. And then the, the last Sydney Hunter game uh, is The Caverns of Death. So they're all Sydney Hunter and The Caverns of Death. This game was actually developed, uh, I want to say, before 2015 because this was a Kickstarter that I actually bought into back in 2015. And it was a Super Nintendo game that was coming out. Uh, I was very excited about it. This was kind of a new thing for a new Super Nintendo to be coming out on a cartridge at that time. And there's still not a ton of them, but there's a lot more than there was. Um, and I was very excited about this this game. Uh, fast forward five years uh, and 55 updates later, I finally get my cartridge later in the mail. One of the things they unlocked in that tier was uh, you know a stretch goal where they were going to release an NES version of the game as well. And I literally just the other day, about two days ago, got an update saying, hey, we're getting close to finishing that. So at this point, that's been eight years. Um, we're here to talk about the game that, on the Evercade, so we're not going to get into any of that. But just some backstory. The last game on the title, I'm glad they put in here, although I don't believe it is by any means an actual Sydney Hunter game. In fact, it has not actually even been released yet outside of the Evercade. Um... So it says release date 20 dot dot. They don't know, but it says it should be coming out soon. So I'm assuming it'll be released in 2023 for the NES. So it is an, a Nintendo Entertainment System game. Um, looks like it's, it, you know, again, it says Acclaim Presents for the Nintendo Entertainment System, Jester. And it's uh, published by Mega Cat Studios. So um, very interesting. I have to look more into that. I'm very interested in, in all these connections they're making. Uh, at the top of the website even does say Collector Vision Games Acclaim. So, very cool. That being said, I want to talk about the first three games, the Sydney Hunter games. Now, all three of these games are similar in that they are side-scrolling uh, action-adventure platformer games. Uh, I shouldn't say action-adventure. Action-platformer games, I guess, it would be what they are. Um, and they have some similar themes. That being said... Each game plays like kind of a different style of action game, a different style of platformer game than the others. And it's kind of just, they're all very unique, but the same, if that makes sense. So I'll get into that a little bit. The first one is going to be Sydney Hunter and the Shrines of Peril, which again is the ColecoVision game. And now what I will say is for a ColecoVision game, 
this is uh, graphically pretty impressive. They they made this style of game I have never seen on a ColecoVision before. Um, and the colors pop. It almost feels ZX Spectrum-y, to be honest, but without the color clash. And in this particular game, it is a flip screen. So you're just uh, your little Sydney Hunter going from left to right. Uh, once you clear that screen, another screen pops in. So think like Pitfall. And uh, it's a very simple game uh, where you are able to run left or right. You can go back and forth, left or right, although you can't go back a screen, I don't believe. Actually, you can. I think you can. I don't recall. Not that important. Uh, but there's just a simple kind of um, ground level. You start in these deep, dark woods with these this green grass, and your job is to go across, kind of like Pitfall, and jump over obstacles. So there's going to be snakes. There's going to be... Um, some of this you have to get used to. There's these little dips in the ground that kind of have a ledge when it comes back up, and you don't want to hit the ledge. Otherwise, the ledge kills you. Um, but you jump on the ledge. Uh, there are things that fly at you at certain points. You actually do have a timer, so you get extra points for clearing levels in a certain amount of time. Um, you know, eventually there's more and more snakes, more more things uh, coming at you. But it's simply run left to right, jump over things and try to get to the end of that level, which every end of the level has the same kind of tower of blocks. There's kind of a couple of uh, heads in these blocks as well, which just kind of adds some interest. And then you try to get to the gem on the very top. Very unique because this is one part of the game I, I struggle with. It's not obvious. Like, if you jump, if you think you jump on top of the block without touching anything, that typically results in you failing. So you kind of have to have learn where to jump to make it up onto the block. You kind of clip through the block a little bit and land there. And then you have to jump up another block, which you actually actually have to clip even more. Um, so you kind of have to learn that. Uh, it's trial and error until you get it. Once you get it, then you know how to get up there and get that gem. Um, it's a simple game. It's a very simple game. You go left to right. You have three lives. You don't want to lose all your lives. Otherwise, you uh, you do actually get a chance to continue a couple times. Uh, but you lose your score, and you try to clear everything before your time runs out, which would also cause you to lose a life. Super simple game. It gets harder and harder. The controls are unique in that there are actually three different action buttons, unlike a typical one-button game of this uh, genre, of, of, you know, from that era, from like the Atari, right? Or ColecoVision, or, or I'm sorry, like a Commodore game or something like that. Uh, you have a large jump. You have a small jump. And by the way, both of these jumps um, are arcing jumps. So once you hit the button, uh, you're going to jump in an arc that you can't stop or change, uh, which is very of the era. And then you can also duck. And when you know if a bird's coming at you, you can duck so the bird goes over the top of you. But if one of the birds gets to the end of the screen, it'll actually turn around and start coming back the other direction. So it's all about going left to right, jumping, get you know kind of gauging where you're at avoiding obstacles i'd say it's very much like a pitfall a pitfall plus type of a game uh, big chunky graphics i i very much like for a ColecoVision game i actually quite like this game and i spent uh i spent some time on it i had once you once you get it to click you know you're going to die in this first level over and over and over again until it starts to click and then you'll start enjoying it more and more um not bad not bad i i enjoyed this game uh, the second game on the list, I'm going to go in kind of order of um, system power. So I'm going to go to Sydney Hunter and the Sacred Tribe. This is a Sega Master System game. And this game 
is, um, well, I think it's quite beautiful, actually. It, it's really, all these games are fairly, um, you know, decent looking, good to look good to good looking games. And this one's probably my favorite as far as the look, very comical, uh, kind of comic book look. Uh, there's some cutscenes to kind of get you into the story, which actually aren't bad. Uh, pretty decent music on this one. And, you know, it starts with, a, you know, you have three of three Sydney Hunters, three lives, right? There's a little bit of storytelling elements when you run into uh, non-playable characters in the game. And this game is, once again, big and chunky. I love that about these games. It's very much, it very much plays like Montezuma's Revenge, which is a game I actually love. Um, so you're, you can go left, you can go right, you can go up and down ladders here. It's very much a game where you're just running through, trying to avoid preset obstacles, uh, enemies that are on paths. Um, there's quicksand here. You're going through these dark caves, you know, sticks, uh, spikes that can impale you if you don't catch them right. Fireballs jumping out of the ground. There's these cool torches kind of lighting up, adding to the atmosphere. It's a very blue and black game because you're in caverns, right? Um, now, this game is all about collecting gems. So, um, again, just a lot like Montezuma's Revenge, where you try to collect all the gems to win the game. There's also these skeleton keys and a few other things. I'm looking at a cool fire pit right now. I'm kind of watching some of this. There's some skeletons on the ground to add to the ambiance. Um, you do jump in an arc again on this game. So you have to time when you're going to jump, where you start, where you stop. Uh, it's, again, a timing-based game, but more maze-like. And it's going to take you a, a number of tries, I'm sure. Uh, I did not get there. A number of tries to figure out the path you want to take. How do you want to try to collect all these gems? Where to go? You know what it's going to lead you to where. This is a very well laid out, thought out game, and I'll tell you right now, this is my favorite one on the cartridge. This is one I will come back and try to complete. Very much enjoy this game, uh, Sydney Hunter and the Sacred Tribe, again for the Evercade. But if you really dig into it, for the Sega Master System. Now let's get to the one I purchased so many years ago, Sydney Hunter and the Caverns of Death. Again, this is for the Super Nintendo. Um, and what's cool about this one is the cover art was done by one of the artists that did the Garbage Pail Kids, so it's got really cool cover art. In fact, my Super Nintendo version of this game came with some cards, some Sydney Hunter cards. Uh, the Collector Vision logo pops up, and it looks like the Super Nintendo logo. It's really cool, really well done. Um, I will say this game is is thematically similar to the Sega Master System game. In that you're in these dark caves, um, it's kind of blue and black a lot. Uh, this game is kind of unlike. I can't really compare it to a, a common game that people would know. Uh, it is level based as opposed to being um, kind of like the last game where you try to go through the whole world and get all the gems. This is a game where you are going to try to complete level after level. Your goal is to again, it's still flip screen. So when you get to the end of the screen, it'll flip to the next screen, but you can go up, down, left, or right, depending on what you're doing. This is very platform-heavy, and you have a boomerang that you can throw to take out enemies, uh, which at first feels kind of cheap. You're like, well, I'll just kill the enemies, and there's nothing to worry about. Um, but it, it does get harder and harder. Um, I do feel like the graphics are kind of like underutilized for what the Super Nintendo is. Uh, it's kind of simple. It doesn't look... It actually, in my opinion, doesn't look as 
interesting, chunky, as cool as the Sega Master System game, although there are some effects they use uh, for the Super Nintendo, like rising lava and some like fog effects, things like that. Um, but and and there's just gold you can collect. There's little drops of water that fall from the from the ceiling that you have to avoid. Um, but the concept of this game is you kind of have to go get all the things in order to unlock the gate at the end of the level. So, for example, you have to get um, this little like it looks like a Mr. Potato Head golden totem, and you have to put it on a pillar next to in the room that has a picture of that totem. And then you also have to go find a gem and put it on a pillar where the gem is, and then that unlocks the final door. And then the door opens, and you beat the level, and it gives you a little code so you can come back later. A little you know password, um, and you kind of repeat. Uh, for me, one of the downsides of this game is also that they reuse a lot of the identical rooms. So you might be on level three and you're like, oh, I've seen this exact room in the previous two levels already. They just kind of reused it. Um, does it hurt the design of the game? No. And they, 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 they try to keep it fresh with a few things, but, um, I don't think it enhances it much. I, I, I'm kind of underwhelmed by this game. Uh, and my other biggest gripe is there are a number, a number of places where you have to backtrack because you didn't get the thing you needed yet, or else you just place the totem and now you have to go back to another room you've already been to to head the other direction. And it was thoughtfully placed uh, enemies when you first walked into the room, but now that you're coming down from a different angle, you literally fall directly on an enemy, and it's the cheapest death I can imagine, and I hate it. Um, but it is kind of cool that some of the levels, uh, once you collect the final item you need to get out of the, the cavern, the lava starts rising, so you're kind of rushed to get out of there. Um, it's okay. It's an okay game. I keep telling myself I'm going to try to find the interest to, to beat this game, and I just haven't been able to sit down with it for more than maybe 20 minutes. I just And I've tried four or five times, so I, that's kind of my rating for this game is how many how many. How often do I try to actually get into this game and fail? Um, yeah, that's kind of where I land on on this particular title. Now, the last one, I have to say, is probably my favorite in the collection to a point. And that game is Jester. Again, it hasn't come out yet for the NES, um, but it did come out on the Evercade cart. And it is a fairly basic maze game. Think kind of like a Pac-Man uh, kind of a thing. Um there's, there are certain versions of Pac-Man and other games where you can, uh, you know, try to clear everything out of a maze, but you can also go left or right or up or down and flip screen to other mazes that are part of a larger maze. Uh, so Jester is a, each level is a series of nine rooms kind of in a, you know, three by three grid. And in each room, your goal is to get all the items in the room, avoid the enemies or kill the enemies and go and that will eventually unlock one of the uh special items you need to complete the level which is in the dead center of the room but it will unlock it for a room in another part of the map and it will tell you where it's at so for example if you're in room one and you get the key a key all of a sudden you will see on your little map that room three lit up green which means you now have the key for room three so you can go to room three and get the, the item you need to complete the level. Uh, but you have to get all the items for all nine rooms to complete the level. Um, but yeah, basically there's like four enemies, roughly. You know, you know, right now I'm looking at an orange level with some skulls running around. 
Uh, if you get the sword in that particular room, you will have a timer kind of uh, on your side. There's a, a number of timers. It's just a green line that, that goes down. And while it's slowly timing out, basically it's kind of like Pac-Man, right? The, the skulls change color and you can kill them. So you want to quickly kill those skulls. Um, there's some other timers you have. For example, there's a torch and you want to have your torch on because there's certain levels in there where uh, you only have so much light. And if your torch goes out, then you're literally going through the dark and all you can see is the enemies uh, and the items you're trying to get to, but not the walls. So you can't get where you want. You have to kind of trial and error, figure out if the walls are where you think they are and you're trying to get around there. So it's always good to wait until your timer is low before grabbing a torch to fill it back up again. Um, and then there is... A, another item, which actually, I'll be honest, with you, I can't remember what the other item is right now, but it's it's interesting. It adds an element to the game uh, that I really enjoy. I actually enjoy a good maze game with kind of multiple things going on, and this has that. Uh, I cleared, I think, five or six total levels, uh, and that'll bring me to the two negatives to, of this game. The first one is, and a lot of these maze games, Pac-Man does it really well, right? Pac-Man's always moving until he stops at a wall. Uh, but if you're if you're moving across and you hold the up button, then he's going to go up into the next potential area that you know allows him to go up. Otherwise, he'll keep going straight. In this game, you kind of have to press over and and get yourself right in the spot where you can now go up, and then press up. And if you're not quite there, you will you'll just sit there. Um, so you kind of have to fudge around trying to find when you're in a path that you can turn if that makes sense it's initially not game breaking but ultimately it becomes game breaking which takes me to my second pet peeve with this game once you get to level five the challenge has gotten so insane that you can't miss a single corridor that you're trying to turn into otherwise you'll die and you're going so fast you can't accurately get into that corridor um i'm hoping the evercade game isn't the final version, even though it should be, uh, because I think a small tweak will make this a much better game. This would be my number one game on the collection if it wasn't for that kind of game-breaking scenario. Um, but Jester is a great entertaining concept. It's a great entertaining game until you get to that point. If you can't get to that point, then it's probably really good until you die. Um, I really enjoy it. it. It's It says 2022. I guess it was developed in 2022. Um I'm sorry, 2020, actually, but for some reason it hasn't been released until now. But um, very cool addition. Glad they put it in the collection. So as a whole, um, the collection is, is a, it's a good collection. I love these the concepts of all these games. There's a few I, I'm really going to go back to. Again, Jester I really enjoyed, but I got to the point where I kind of got as far as I think is actually possible. Uh, I think I actually will be going back to the ColecoVision title, The Shrines of Peril, and uh, Sacred Tribe is one I'm really going to want to dig into. I have a lot of fun with that game. So, let me just rate it out of 100. Um, you know, out of 100 golden idols, how about that? As a complete collection, for somebody who has no interest in the system or these titles, and just says, hey, how did, are these four good games? I'm going to say this is probably going to be lackluster for you. Um, I would say the Sacred Tribe is solid. 
outside of that, the ColecoVision, if you don't know what the ColecoVision is and haven't played those games, you won't realize how cool of a technical feat this is. And it's not as, it's not going to be that interesting to you. Um, so you really have one, kind of one out of four games you're really going to be able to dig your teeth into. So I'd have to say it's like a 68 for that type of person. For someone like me that loves these systems and knows uh, how good these titles are or aren't for their dependent systems and can really dig in and appreciate what's being done here, I think it's a solid C+. It's a solid... I think it's worth having... I think it's worth the, definitely worth 20 bucks to have a physical cartridge. And uh, for Sacred Tribe alone, I think it's worth the 20 bucks. So uh, that's my overall rating. And I do want to say one more thing before I go. Uh, Collector Vision Games does have new versions of these games coming out, which is cool. So right now, for example, uh, you can pre-order... Apparently, it's going to be coming out in... in well, it says it'll start the third week of April, so I guess that's next year. Uh, but Sydney Hunter and the Sacred Tribe is going to be coming out for the Commodore 64 computer, and it looks pretty solid. I'm just looking at the graphics here. It's a nice box and everything. They do do a good job with those. Um, as mentioned, the Jester. Jester is coming out for the NES. Um, the Sid- Sydney Hunter and the Caverns of Death, the Super Nintendo game, is indeed coming out on the NES. However, I'm looking at this right now, and I'm seeing a version of it that's coming out on, what is it? Uh, is it the Master System? There's other versions coming out, and which is crazy, because they're still working on the NES version. Uh, anyways, check out the Collector Vision site. You'll see more of this stuff. Um, pretty pretty cool. I, I love the themes. I love the, the lore. I love, I love what they're doing here. Um, I think with a few tweaks, these games could be excellent. So go ahead and check it out and tell me what you guys think. And uh, I appreciate your time. All right, we're back here live in studio. And Eric, it is time to get hydrated. (laughs) It's my favorite time of the show. (laughs) So the question is, which of these two cans should we go for the, uh, the gold one or the red one? Let's do the, uh, how about the gold one? Okay. I appreciate that. We'll go a little heavier later. How about that? Yeah. So you provided this one. No, I didn't actually. I think Tim did both of these. You are correct. Yep. That's right. These are hilarious because. <laughs> yeah, I, I pointed out. That... Yeah, I'll let you say it because you pointed it out. Yeah, so we get these amazing beers from Tim. We open the box um, that he sent us and generously put a ton of beers in there. And I looked at each one of them, and none of them are from the UK. (laughs) I don't think. Correct. In fact, they are both, well, these two are both from America. Both from America, although this one has Japanese all over it. Yes. Let's see here. So this is... From a, a brewery called Brewdog. Yep. It's called 5AM Saint. Um, it is an American red ale. A modern day miracle. You're right. I can't find the actual brewery on here. No. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of Japanese writing on this, but then there's a lot of English too. So it's really hard to say where exactly it's from. I think that's Chinese as well. I think there's is it? both on there. Yeah, I, you're right. In the, in the first one, there's there's 
Japanese, and then the yeah, it's all <laughs> this is all over the place. Yeah, uh, I had no I idea no where this. Idea. Ca- no, I'm gonna have to do some research. But until then, Eric, we've yeah. literally read everything on the can except that it's five percent alcohol by volume. Yep, it's a uh, a kind of pale gold can with red writing. Kind of, you know, fairly yep. nondescript. Let's uh let's check this out, shall we? Yep, let's do it. Oh shoot, Eric did it again. Oh man! <laughs> oh no! What's what? going on? It must be the altitude up there or something, because you keep opening beers and they keep exploding. What is going on with that fridge? Did you need to um, take a time out to clean up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so excited to enjoy this beer. Well, it smells delicious. Does it? All right. Yeah, and you can probably tell the color because it's all over your desk. Well, luckily I opened it over the floor. It's on our my uh, faux hardwood floor, so we're we're oh all right. Uh, Eric, you look like you have no problem pouring that beer. So I'll be right back after these messages. All right. So we are back here. I am on a slightly stickier floor than before. <laughs> uh, I was able That's to- pretty crazy. Yeah, and it's funny because I barely click it open. It just starts foaming everywhere. So I still can say, hey, let's open this up and still crack open the beer. But uh, It must be when you're coming down the stairs because I assume you're going up the stairs to grab the beer. Be Maybe when you're coming the down the stairs, you're, you're... I don't know. We're going to have to try the next one over. Remind me to try the next one over a trash can. I have got a trash can right here. <laughs> oh, man. Eric, you did some research while I was cleaning up. What did you find out about this beer? I did, and to um, Tim's credit, this is Brewdog, which is in Ellen, Aberdeenshire, Scotland. Okay, so, so UK. This one actually is right in his neighborhood, and I think it started out in the UK. I was reading the history of the brewery. There were two 24-year-olds in, in April 2007. So this brewery has been around a while. Um, right. and, and they opened one in Fraserburg, Fraserburg. And I think that's in the UK, it's somewhere in the UK. I don't know. It could be in Scotland. I have no idea. But now it's in Scotland. So not, not so crazy. Scotland's, not so crazy. Scotland's the UK. Yep. So <laughs> here, I didn't drink yet because yep. I wanted to wait until you had your stuff in order. Cheers. Cheers this. Oh, that tastes like eagles and the red, white, and blue. <laughs> So here's the color, because I know you saw it all over your floor, but <laughs> there's the color in a mug, because I know you're drinking out of the can there like an animal. Um, <laughs> like an American. <laughs> American ale. Yeah, so the colors, is it, this, is, uh, this is labeled as an American red ale, and sure enough, it is red, and it is not really see-through. It's fairly... I don't want to call it unfiltered because there's nothing floating in there. It's just, just a darker kind red. Kind of dark view. enough you can't see through it. Yeah. Um, there was a decent head on it, but now it's kind of fizzled away. Yeah. But, I, all I saw was the head. <laughs> exactly. It just exploded <laughs> all over everything. Um, yeah. It's got a, a deep malty flavor, which a lot of reds do, but it's also yep. got some like high end um, bitter and sweet thing going on kind of on like the high notes it does in, in fact if i if i may it's mm-hmm. a little it's a little pruney tastes okay. a little pruney yeah a little prune uh, prune notes in it um hints of raisin hints of raisin yeah <laughs> it is hints of raisin 
I actually really um, like it. it. It has an it has a unique smell too. Not bad, just unique. Yeah, yeah not a bad beer. Uh, Eric, out of the fifty beautiful, glorious white stars on the American flag, yeah, how many are you going to give this American out red ale? Fifty American stars. I'm going to give this a. I'm going to give it a 37. Ooh, okay. 37 out of 50. Not bad. Not bad. I actually really like it, Eric. Okay. What are you going to give it? I like it. I just... Like, uh, I'm, I'm bummed I missed out on about three, three <laughs> ounces that are on the floor, because... Right. Man. Like, this could be in the running for my beer of the year. Wow. Now you're really bummed that you spilled it. That's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm going to give this... I don't know what it is. It's like... I love red ales, but they're all kind of same-samey, right? It's one of those beers that's always same-samey. This one's got some pop to it. Yeah, and it's funny you say that, because I say that red red ales to me are all over the board. Like, you oh, can really? take, like, okay. a red trolley from San Diego, and that tastes of one, one way. And then there's another one that's very hoppy and borders on being, like, pale ale-ish. Okay. Um, I think they're all over the place. This one is kind of in the middle there, like... I'm, I'm going to give this one a... a 45 out of 50. Wow. I really like it. High praise. 5 a.m. Saint. All right. That's a good one. And it looks like, I mean, according to this, because I got the info for this on Untapped, there are quite a few people that drink this. So I I wouldn't be surprised if you could find this somewhere. Not Maybe not local, local, but somewhere. Yeah, we've got, we got the big Total Wines and yep. Bevmo's and things like that. Cool. Yeah, I like it. It's good. Cool. All right. Well, let's go ahead and dial up old Timmy boy. And just like that, Eric and I have finished our beers. And now Tim has appeared. He's like a beer genie. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. It's me. I'm back. You started it's out with me. you started out loud and with zest, and then you realized the family is sleeping in the other room. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's got his coffee. Uh, Eric, have- you and I have a belly full of beer. Yep, which is an American beer from England. Apparently, what, belly full. Belly full. Mm-hmm. Not come across that one. Belly full. I'll have a look for it. Fat little belly, I'm happy. Uh, Tim. How, how how have things been since last we talked? I can't remember. It's been been a while. It's it been has. a minute. It's been a long time. It's yeah. been a while. Yeah, I've 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 been a busy bunny, as they say over here. We've done an awful lot in the last few weeks. Um, so yeah, we've been on trips and excursions and uh, things involving my. Um, um, my dad and all that sort of stuff so yeah it's 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 been a it's been a minute <laughs> so you're seeing a lot of retro video games uh <laughs> yes of course there we go perfect <laughs> perfect well uh we will catch up in just a minute um i don't see any reason why we shouldn't just hop right into a game show right on let's do it unless you have let's something better to say nope. uh so, everybody, this is my version of Eric's version 
of the $10,000 pyramid. So, you guys don't hear it yet, but there's some cool game show music going on in the background. That was the intro. Uh, This is the game show that uh, has been going over so well for many reasons. One being it's really easy to put together and it has a big, big impact for for us and and the listeners. So, uh, full credit to Eric for stealing this from somebody else. Um, (laughs) (laughs) In fact, I didn't even get my own wheel. I told Eric to use his wheel and I modified it by having him modify it. So, in this game... It is going to be Team Pixel Gaiden versus, I don't know, the clock. Eric, you are going to spin that wheel. Mm-hmm. On that wheel are a slightly modified wheel. There are eight systems. The Super Nintendo, the Master System, the NES, the Genesis, uh, the N64, the Dreamcast, the Saturn, and the TurboGrafx-16 or PC Engine, whatever you want to call it. And then there are two squares on there that say 2X. The point of this game is to spin. You will get a system. I will text one of you and not the other one, although we'll talk about that briefly. Uh, The name of a game. And you have to give clues while a 30-second counter counts down one word at a time. And after each word you say, the other person tries to guess what game on that system you are talking about. Now here's my twist. For each one you get right, you are going to get one point. We're going to do 10 questions. However, to win this game, you will need 15 points. Huh? You say? Here's the twist. If you choose... Under each one of these systems, there is a harder title that I think it's going to be harder to get. I could be wrong. I could be very right. And it's going to be worth two points. So if you request the two-point title, I'll give you the two-point title. And let's say you guys are really stinking it up. Let's say you hit the 2x. Now we're going to double whatever score you get. So maybe you'd say, I want to go for the two-point now that we got the two-pick. I'll try to get four points on one question. Mind blown. Does this make sense? We follow it makes sense to me. Yep. Simple enough. Um, here's how I'm going to do it. Tim, do you have your Discord at the ready by chance? Uh, I do. All right. So you're going to be looking at Discord. Eric is not going to be looking at Discord. Eric, you're going to be looking at your text because yep. when it's your turn, I'll be texting. Perfect. I will not. So, um, yeah, if you get 15, you win. If you get anything, I don't know, if you get... What I, that, it's 15 is going to be hard to get. Let's just yeah. throw that out there. It's going to take some strategy. So, um, I don't know. If you get 17, you cure, you cure cancer. We're still trying to cure cancer on <laughs> Pixel Guide N. Yeah, we're trying to cure cancer. All right, All right. Tim, I'm going to let you go first. So, Eric, spin the wheel for Tim. Okay. Here we go, Tim. Sorry, Eric. <laughs> Sega Master System. Sega Master System. As a team, do you want a a one-point question, or do you want the two-point question? Now, uh, before you answer that, I'll give you one more hint. These games are all games that are are well-known. You should know them. Or, if they're not well-known, they're ones we've played on the show. I say, okay, I'm okay with Sega Master System. So if we are going to do a two-pointer, this might be... The one Let's to do go it. on. Let's do the two-pointer. All right. I am sending this to Tim. 
And Tim, once you say the first word, we start the 30-second counter, which you will recognize the music. At least uh, the Americans will. I'm sure you guys got Jeopardy over there in the UK. Uh, it has been sent to you, Tim. Okay. And remember, you cannot say any of the words in the title of this game. All right. I'm ready when you are. Trying to think of the word. <laughs> it starts it's with your first two clue, words. So t- take your time, Tim, because this starts with your first word. Well, you can't just okay. think of like a million words and then you no, prepare a whole strategy. Let's do this thing. You can take as long as you want. It is cancer, by the way. So I guess <laughs> they're dying of cancer right now. <laughs> does that mean you should take time, or does that mean you should not take time? I don't know. Don't take time. You gotta okay. go. Okay, I'm ready. Say the word. Throwing star. Sharukin. Um, black. Ninja. All right, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where's my good thing here? Oh, is it the ninja? It's the ninja. It's the ninja. There we Yay! go. <laughs> throwing star was two words. I'm just. I know, it out but it, it's an item. It's an item. I, mm. I couldn't think of. Was it Sharukin? <laughs> uh, Sharukin. Yeah, Eric answered yeah. that one for you. All right, yeah. so you got. You guys have two points right off the bat. Moving forward, that's going to be two words, and you're immediately disqualified. I wrote down the number two because that's what you got. Eric, spin that wheel, my friend. Here we go. This is going to be a good wheel. Good one. TG16. Turbo Graphics 16. Do you want a one How are you feeling about that, Tim? You want to times two it? How are you feeling about your TG16 PC engine skills? Mm. Yeah, let's, let's go for a two point. Oh, he's <laughs> going for it. We're, we're, yep. we're bros. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Times two. Here we go. All right, Eric, you have received yep. the title of the game. Now, I'm going to start this thing. I'm giving you time to say your first word, but if you pull a Tim and take 40 seconds, I'm starting this thing. No clues with that, you know. Even your your gestures are clues at this point. <laughs> you can do it, Eric. This Come is on. pretty. I'm being pretty lenient with the timer here. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Game will start in five, four, three, two, one. Um, don't know. BC uh, kid. <laughs> <you're> wrong. <laughs> That's a good strategy, though. <laughs> um, Blazing lasers. Golden axe. <laughs> um. Golden. Um. Golden. golden. What is? Um. Oh, I am uh, sorry. I'm so, Tim, I let you down on this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is my bad. That was a t- I knew that would be a tough one because I don't know how I'd answer it either. Eric, what was the game uh, you were trying to name? Legendary Axe. 
Legendary Axe. So I didn't know much about uh, what to say uh, about the game itself, yeah. so I was trying to just piece words together. To, to be fair, Eric, you, you could have probably carried on throwing things out. I probably would not have got that one, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it was a tough one. I'm sorry. I, I let us down. We got we almost got there with Axe, but I I didn't know the other <laughs> I didn't know the legendary Axe game, know what, so know what I would have yeah, not Legendary Axe two, but the first one. Um which we've played on the show. I would have done is after Tim said Axe, my mind would have gone like uh 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 legendary crap <laughs> That's what I would have done. Pretty sure. All right, I was trying got- to think of a synonym to legendary and I was like, I can't think of anything. I'm yeah. I'm drawing a blank. All right, all right. All right, here we go. Remember, there's only oh, one two spin. point. There's only one two point question for each one of these systems. So there's a lot of luck in hitting this fifteen. This is not an easy game, my friends. Right. So, okay, here we go. This, this, this Big chance. Might want to wait for a double and then do a two pointer. I don't know. Let's see what we got here. Oh, Sega Master System. Sega Master System again. So no, no option here. You got to go with a single pointer. All right. Let me go ahead and send this one. Over to Tim. And I am ready. Are you ready, Tim? Yes. Say your word. Good. Shooter. Um Zebius. Um Colorful. Zevious. <laughs> Wings. Um. Zevious. <laughs> Shop. Laser. Fantasy zone. Yes. Oh, <laughs> good. Nephew, cheers. All right. I'm going to give that one to you. I'm going to give that one to you. Yes, it was fantasy zone. Tim, you are not allowed to give another clue until Eric gives an answer. That's true. Uh, this is teamwork. Uh, but I, didn't know what, I didn't know what to do. I had to like take. I had to seize control. You just you need to keep saying Zevius. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I couldn't. Oh, I was trying right. to think even on the master system. Is it Zevius? <laughs> I was no. I, I had no idea, but it was yeah. the only thing I could think of that might be on the mega the, the SMS. Thing. All right. Okay. All cool. right. Three points so with what, seven questions to go. Oof. Not bad. You're not doing bad. You just we, we're gonna have to do some. We're gonna have to get some lucky doubles. You know, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to hit some doubles. You can literally lose the game just because you never got a double. <laughs> not the most, not the best design system in or game in the world. But hey, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and spin that thing. You're not making it easy to cure cancer here. No, no, I'm not. You're gonna hit SMS again. It's gonna be SMS, isn't it? Nope. It's two, two X. Oh, or X2. all right. Spin again. Which which system are we gonna try to double? 2x sega master system <laughs> 2x again I now i'm gonna call you on this uh-huh uh-huh because uh, here i'm not cheating it's 2x again it that's is. four if i'm doing my american arithmetic my maths maths if i'm doing my maths correctly that's a times four buddy so you got you better live up to that <laughs> now i'm gonna spin it again i might get a time six here i don't, I don't know if i explain nope. that in the rules no nope. i explain that in the I'm, rules all right dreamcast all right. Dreamcast. Dreamcast. Are we going to go for, I guess we're doing this times four. Do you want four or eight points? Which one do you want? Uh, let's go with the safe option. Four points, please. Yeah, four points. Let's do four all right. Points. All right. Going to Eric. 
Well, I think you did well by breaking my system for my broken, already broken game. <laughs> I'm exploiting the rules. <laughs> Eric's engaging cheat mode. Yep. All absolutely. Right. Well, I'm being the uh, the evil headmaster I am. That means I'm not going to give you a bunch of time to think about it this time. So it is okay. what it is. Hmm. I'm not got it yet. You should have it now. Okay, I got it. Five, four, three, and go. Funky. Um, <laughs> Metropolis Street Racer. <laughs> A- anime-ish. I keep thinking Parappa the Rapper, but that's not Dreamcast. <laughs> that's a name. Parappa the Rapper. Um, 30 missed, seconds goes by so fast. Missed out on four points. I am so sorry. What if I... That was the easy one. What if I said ooh la la? Dance. Uh, Space Channel 5. Hey! Which, there we go. See, guy, I couldn't remember the name of the characters in that. It's I haven't spent a ton of time with that game. Me neither. I actually <laughs> respect you more for that. <laughs> 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 All right, gentlemen, we are six to go. Still only at three points, even after trying to cheat me with my double doubles. But that's fine. Let's see. Uh, let's spin that wheel. Let's see which one uh, Tim gets to go with here. Let's skin that smoke wagon. Two I don't know what that means. That's from uh, Tombstone, the movie. <laughs> uh, Saturn. Sega Saturn. Ooh, we're hopping over to the Saturn. One point or two on this one. Uh, if we're going to cure cancer, we if we're going to cure cancer, Tim, we got to go big. All right. We'll okay. Well, we'll go with the two points. But remember, I'm describing and you're guessing. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Tim, you should have your answer. Five, four, three, and start. Protectors. Golden Axe. Capcom. Um, not Street Fighter. Um, no, dum, I'm, dum. Out. I'm out. Oh. It's just, it's just it's this whole one, one huh? word thing. It's one word. Trying to describe this stuff is just really silly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! What was Tim, it? What was the answer? Guardian Heroes. I, I I have that game too. Yeah, it's a game we sure know. It, it's just how do you describe it? It? <laughs> yeah. it was Capcom, wasn't it? I know. I think yeah. I was right on that bit. Uh, yeah. yeah. Was it? I thought it was Capcom. Capcomy. Yeah. Feels we Capcom-y. covered it on the show and everything. I, yeah. I could have said covered on show, but no, that's <laughs> not one word. Well, that's assumed. That, I mean, we did co- you said in the beginning that we we ta- you at least talked about them on the show, right? Yeah. Most of these. All right. All right. Halfway done here. here. Three points on the board. Let's get some double X, double X. 
I'm rooting for you guys. I really am. I mean, it's it's cancer. Of course you're. Well, and it's pixel guy Dan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, two times. All right. All right. Not Opportunity. Cheating, not 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 a cheater. Nope. I feel. It. All right. Here we go. Snooking. All right. Big spin. No whammies. Hopefully, you get a system with a two point question. Isn't that a different game show opportunity? No. Oh, Sega Master System. Should I spin again? No, we got a <laughs> Sega Master System. So this will be for two points. Okay, I'm surprised okay. you're not running out of um, <laughs> Sega Master System questions. Oh, I've got Sega Master System. This one's going to Tim, right? I'm sorry. This one's going to Eric. To me. All right. Mm-mm-mm. No, it's coming to me. Is it? Eric just described. Oh, no, 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 no you're no. right. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, yep, you had Guardian yep, Heroes, right? Yeah, sorry. That's all good. All right, Eric, you should have your clue or your answer here. I'm giving you just a few seconds. Five, four, three, no whammies. No whammies. Um, Sega. (laughs) (laughs) Sonic. (laughs) Okay. Um, Child. Wonder Boy. Um, <laughs> it's so hard. I, 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 man, I suck at playing this game. It is not an easy game. I made the game, but I suck at playing it. Um, it's Alex Kidd in oh. Shinobi World. In Shinobi World. In Shinobi World specifically. Would you have known that, Tim? In I should have. I should have known it from your clues i'm sorry no 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 that was me being <laughs> horrible <laughs> when you gone sega child it should have been alex kid shouldn't it because he was supposedly going and to that's be the mascot I, that's of sega. Why, yes i mean i felt I, stupid after i said it but i was like it makes no, sense i mean it makes sense. it makes sense it makes sense I'm let's, okay. let's spin that wheel let's get some two x's tg16 all right. So that is going to be a single pointer. Okay. I'm going to send this one on over to Tim. And Ooh. sent. <laughs> and okay. we will start it in five, four, three, not Guardian Heroes. Shooter. Um. Guess something. Insect. Insect. There you go. Galaxian. Galaga ninety. There yes. we go. <laughs> All right. Good. Good clue. Yeah. Teetering on the edge. Uh, teetering on the edge of a foul. It was like. all right unfortunately only one point but hey it was hard fought hard earned something yeah my point structure is is difficult uh i will be changing this later i like the game i like the game i think i just need to change the uh the goal line here i'm gonna start saying stuff too tim like yeah i need to throw out i gotta get the clock going so we have more guesses in there so even if i i'm only gonna spend like 
a, a few milliseconds like thinking about if I don't have it, I'm saying something. Yep. And you get, yep. you know, let, let Tim get some answers do. out. Cool. All right. Spin that wheel. So, this is for me, right? Yes. Let me make sure I have my screen up here. Okay. Here we go. Here goes the wheel. Good spin. You must have thick arms. TG16. <laughs> All right, Eric. For one point, TG16. Okay. And you have your clue, my friend. I will start it in five, four, three, Seattle Supersonics. Shooter. Blazing lasers. Look at you, Tim. <laughs> Look at the big brain on you, Look Tim. at the big brain on Tim. Look at this. All of a sudden, five points. You're third of the Wait way there. We're curing, tu- we're, we're curing tumors. <laughs> we're getting there. Right now, we're working away up. Right now, you're figuring out how to avoid ingrown toenails. <laughs> or, right. or we're just trying to gather back whatever credibility we once had. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That was a good guess, Tim. I, 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 have to admit, I had I, I had plenty of clues though. I was lining them up in my brain. So okay, cool. Yeah. Here we go. So this one's for Tim. Come on, two X. N sixty four. N sixty four. Feel like you got to go for the two points at this point, but it's yeah, your choice. We got to. We got to. We have to. We're running out of time. All right, Tim. It is coming through. This is my weakest console. My weakest console. I have no idea what that is. Oh, you can't say that. It's already a clue. (laughs) (laughs) You can Google it because you're not cheating if you Google it. Go ahead. In a game? (laughs) (laughs) Now he is cheating. So, Eric, it's a game that Tim doesn't know about. There's your first clue. Okay. Hey, it's a two pointer for a reason, all right? Can we do a skip? Can we do a pass? <laughs> oh, no, I'll, I'll restart that. You weren't you weren't right of there, so. Uh, just say do, things do you, about the words. Say things about the words that are in yeah. the title, and I'll try to. <laughs> yeah, let's together. do it. That'll be even more fun. Just rapid fire. Let's see what happens here. Go ahead, and Tim. Just give it to me. Give me the first the first one, and I'll start it, Tim. Clover. Leaf. Over. Um. Pass. Game. <laughs> um. Pass. One more clue. Come on. Hand. Hands. <laughs> I have no, I have nowhere to go with this. It, it, the, oh, the I title got the wrong button. Is, there it is. <laughs> it's Glover. 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 Yeah, Eric, you know Glover, right? Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, where, where it's the, the it's the little hand. It's a hand. It's a glove that walks hand. around. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Glover. Nope. Notoriously I mean, terrible I, Nintendo sixty four game. I wouldn't have guessed because I I haven't played it very. I haven't played it much at all. That was a tough one. That was a tough one. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to call an audible. Okay. Let me uh, let me cross out Glover real quick. There it is. (laughs) 
I am going to choose the next question, and then you get one bonus question to try to make get this thing more reasonable, more more close to a to a fifteen. So we're going to go two X. Okay. And uh, Eric, I want you to pick which system you want the two point question to be. So this will be a four point question. Do you want it to be for the Super Nintendo, the Nintendo, the Genesis, or the Dreamcast? Hang on a minute. So th- this game is c- completely gone south because we're not even using the wheel now. That's right. <laughs> no, because I'm trying. I'm giving you a one bonus question for we, question we number ten. So bad. There was no point in even using. Let's the wheel, do Super which is the Point of the game. <laughs> yeah, let's do Super Nintendo. We're going Super Nintendo on this one with a two X, just to see yep. how close we. If you can like sniff the cure. Right. At, least, at least we didn't uh, don't have to pay our ARG any royalties for this round. No, although we, we do have, have to pay the wheel uh, and make the deal. We do have to pay uh, Jeopardy a whole lot of money. <laughs> okay. Uh huh. All right, Eric, you have the game, but do you have the name? I don't know what that means. Rhymed. Yep. All right. When you when you say the first word, my friend. Um, Bugs Bunny. Oh, that's, that's all right. We'll, we'll roll all with right, it. Let it go. Tiny Toons Adventures. More. <laughs> Good. <laughs> What's the name of the game? <laughs> Tim knows it. B- Buster Bus Loose. Yes! <laughs> Tim, if the roles had been reversed, I wouldn't have gotten this at all because <laughs> there's no way I would have remembered the name of that. No, this one worked out perfectly because I know Tim put that on one of our lists. He's like, it's okay. a great game. <laughs> Six, seven, eight, nine points. Not bad. Right. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. All right, we're going to do one more just for the heck of it. I just feel like we need to do one more here. What's the, what's the uh, what is going to be the? You want to pick it, Tim? So it'd be Nez. Now let's, let's, uh, let's, let's spin the wheel. I'm just trying to figure out what the okay. what is this point going to do? What does this mean? All right. Super Nintendo. All right. Tim, you are going to get this one. This is, uh, rounds us off to an even 10 if you can get this one. So this will cure an irregular mole. There we go. We're just trying to, at this point, just minor melanoma is all we're working towards here. Minor, exactly. All right. It's not Glover. That's my first hint. But <laughs> good. <laughs> good. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Disney. Um, Lion King. Disney. <laughs> um, what is that one? Um, Aladdin. Yay! Yay! Should have said genie, impossible. I guess, but there we go. <laughs> is there even yeah. a Lion King on there? Yeah, there is, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> or yeah. Agrabah. 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 All right, gentlemen. There was, there so was we that. Cured, we cured irregular moles. It was like... I don't have my applause right now, so that's what you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Cool. 
Thank you for the game show. Yeah, yeah. You could use a little fine-tuning. I tried to tweak it a bit. Um, let's go ahead and catch up. share my screen here so we're all quite literally on the same page you know what eric i forgot yeah it's not time for catching up it's time for quick questions quick questions we have a couple quick questions uh one of them relates to you tim and one of them is just fun so i thought we'd all do them together so tim let me tell you what do you think the pellets and power pellets in the Pac-Man games taste like? Uh, Palmer violets. Which must be one of your bizarre UK candies. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're kind of purple in color. Oh, I did have some of those. Very sweet and fragrant tasting. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of chalky texture. Chalky That's, elderflower. I've, I've, yeah, I've I've always thought about this particular question, and I did answer it in Discord. But I've always wondered what do, would the power pellets taste like. So I, I, I'm I'm preloaded, ready to go for this one. So there you go. There's my answer. <laughs> what do you got, Eric? I, when I was younger, I thought they would taste like. For some reason, I thought they would taste like marshmallows. But okay, um, as somebody pointed out in the Discord, they are pills, so they probably just taste very medicinal. <laughs> Okay, but okay. Um, I'm gonna say marshmallows. Well, so they, I always, they probably taste like root beer, that that antiseptic taste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I got that. I got gotcha. you. To me, they looked like the little wafers at church. So to me, oh, they, yeah. he was just gob- gobbling up the body of God. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know why those one, the bigger ones, flashed, but. They always looked at the wafers. It also makes sense that you'd, you'd eat one and be like, I didn't get enough substance. I need more. I need more. I need more. Because those things are very thin and airy. So um, I guess you could say they're almost like Pringles then. <laughs> they're Pringles-like. Yes. Yes. This one came from Lord Soup. Uh, if the CPC, so the Amstrad CPC, and Tim, this one's going to be mostly focused at you because we don't know what we're talking about these numbers. If it had just been a 664 and 6128 and had been sold with a modulator, do you think it could have done well outside Europe and Australasia? Australasia. Nah. nah. There's too too much competition. There's never it's never going to take on the C64 in terms of uh, its popularity around the world. Um yeah, it was it was a good good enough machine. Um, it had its market, um, but I, I don't think it would have really taken on the C sixty four. And it was that's, it was more expensive too, right? I mean, I don't know. Well, much that's how to that's why it. they said if it included a modulator, because then okay. you wouldn't have had to have the monitor with it, because that's what made the system the most expensive. Is you could buy the system itself uh, yeah. with a modulator that you put on side a massive great big box um why it had to be that big i don't know oh actually i think it was because it had to have the power supply in there that's right because the um yeah the the 464 uh took all its power through the monitor um so that's probably why uh, thinking about it but yeah um i you know it could have probably sold a bit maybe a few more they could have shifted maybe a few more units with it um but 
I, I kind of think it hit its market and had its had its day. Um, but yeah, you were you were never really going to take on the might of the of the sixty four um, biggest selling computer of all time. I think um, so. You know, it's, it's hard to really beat that one um, and obviously the Spectrum as well had a big foothold and again the Spectrum's um, real ace of its sleeve was the price the price point um, you know color computer 139 pounds I think it retailed for over here to start off with so it's uh, hard to beat that one do you know if when uh, you're talking Aust- I'm gonna use that term Australasia was that um, C64 and Spectrum heavy uh, very C64 heavy, actually, um, and MSX, I believe, yeah, MSX, yeah. there as well, um, because of obviously its location, relatively close proximity, I guess, to Japan and places like that. So, um, yeah, on the on the southern hemisphere, so easier for distribution and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I would I would say it, it could have probably maybe done a bit more in Australia uh, rather than America. I think probably would have suited that market better yeah i think eric and i can only really talk to america and i just feel like in all these markets you have the two giants whatever they are in, in america of course it's going to be a, the c64 and then the one that kind of started it all the atari right um yeah. so i i don't and they kind of atari kind of filled that more expensive heavier built computer thing that the, that they were going for with amstrad with the included monitor and that kind of a thing I yeah, know. I think uh, also, you know, th- it, it was a difficult period because the the Amstrad came out sort of like after the Spectrum and the C64. And then by that time, a lot of companies like Commodore and um, Atari obviously were, were going through the, the 8-bit end of life cycle uh, thought process and obviously going into the Atari ST and the Amiga. And Amstrad never really did anything with that. Um, you know, they, they stuck with the Z80. Um, they even like into the, uh, the 464 plus, uh, the, uh, the, they did like a little word processor system as well, which I don't know whether you guys have ever seen, which was the 8512 and the 8256, which had a, it was a all in one. It was the computer, disk drive and everything like that all built into one with a keyboard and a printer. And it had, uh, uh, either uh, a single or a double uh, three-inch disk drive on the side. It was built as a like a word processor, essentially. Um, but because it kind of had the same internals, I think you could run all the CPC stuff on there, but because it was a green screen, and the CPC originally came with a green screen, so it was a bit more limited. Um, but um, there were some games available for it, dedicated CP, um PCW, that was called, uh, PCW8256 and 8512. And then they also did a later version, which was slightly remodeled, called the 9512. I don't know. They had the GX400. Is that what it's called? Yeah. The, yeah. the, uh, the all-in-one gaming console? Yeah, yeah. And that, that was based on the Plus platform. So that was based on the um, the the uh, CPC range. Um, and it was just literally a console, which you have a controller for. Cody. 
I do. The little Amstrad very, controller. I'm that, very excited that's about the one that. that came with the with the GX400. It's, yep. it's a great little controller. I use use mine to this day. Never never owned a, a one of those, but I do own <laughs> the, the control pad, and that's that's about the only thing that you can actually afford to buy from that range is is one of the control <laughs> pads because the computers, the white ones, there's crazy money now. They look like a little stingray. They're really cool looking machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy money. Crazy money. Do you have anything to add to that, Eric? Nope. Then what? Then what do you want to do, Eric? I want to drink a beer. Let's drink a beer and then go to catching up. Oh, I thought we were already there. Oh, that's right. We had to back out of it. This beer is also from Mister Tim. Yep. And it is indeed from America. This one's out of nashville tennessee which means it flew over to england tim bought it and flew it right back <laughs> which, is, which is great it's a world traveler now cody you need to open this over the trash can thank you i almost didn't and you are correct <laughs> you probably it's probably the safest best just pure it pour it straight into just the trash it can straight into the trash Skip can out the middle man <laughs> I think it's, I think it sounds good. I, I, I have I, I haven't tried this one. I must admit, so I'm I'm keen to find out what what this is like. It is dark. No, no spillage. No spillage. We didn't say anything about Ooh. it yet, did we? Nope. It's from Tailgate Brewery, and it is called okay. Peanut Butter and Strawberry Jelly Milk Stout. <laughs> That's a lot going and, on. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm not not even joking. You. I'm smelling it. It smells. Uh, yeah. It smells like Uncrustables. Yeah, Tim, I know what those are. Tim, do you have Uncrustables over there? No, don't know what that is. This is the most Americanized <laughs> food you can imagine, and they're actually a huge... They were really big. I'm sure they're still really big. So, every kid who made a... First of all, you guys have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, kind of. Um, You're like yeah, peanut butter we, we, and marmite it's or whatever. peanut butter and jam, as you would call it over and jam, here. okay. PB&J. Um, yeah, PB&J. So, basically, you know... They're like, you know what kids always do with the, the first thing they do with the peanut butter and jelly sandwich is they rip the crust off of it. So why do we waste all that crust? We're going to go ahead and make prepackaged peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with no crust and then individually cellophane wrapped and frozen. So you pull it out of the freezer, throw it in your kid's lunch pail. By the time they eat lunch, it's a defod crustless yeah. <laughs> peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> but it never gets completely unfrozen. There's still like ice crystals in it when you're eating it at lunch. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's try this. Cheers, guys. Cheers, yes. Cheers. Mm, Coffee, coffee, coffee. I love coffee. That tastes like peanut butter and jelly. It does. (laughs) It's on the nose, I guess. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We might have to read this one as a beverage. Is that good for a stout? (laughs) Yeah, not so much tasting the milk stout part, but I do taste peanut butter and jelly. Mm-hmm. I'm actually getting peanut butter milk stout, but then there's like an aftertaste of jelly. Hmm. It's interesting. So are you getting the strawberry? No, not really. No, just just the the sickly sweetness. Yeah, it's, like yeah, pe- it's just kind of a- <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like peanut butter milk stout and sugar. <laughs> yeah, I just I burped a little just now, and it was very peanut buttery. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, it, it does what it says on the tin, I guess, if nothing else. No, you're right. It, truth in advertising. It's, it's exactly what it says on the stat. I, I mean, you can't, you, can't, you can't argue with it. Interesting. Okay. It's got a cool logo, by the way. I mean, it's got a... It's got a p- picture of a pickup truck. It's like a tailgate down. A cow. Obviously, a, a female cow. Uh, yeah. 
like kicking back in the back of a truck with her arm on the back of the truck and her leg like dangling off the, the gate. Yeah. And um, she's teats uh, up. Utters just out for the teats world to up. see. <laughs> and I guess she's drinking like three different jars of jelly. Uh, Eric, you killed yeah. me. <laughs> well, it's true, man. Look at that. There they are. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, if anyone listening in England wants to purchase one of those, they are available from Lidl. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I don't, I, I, don't rec- hate I it. actually would recommend you try it. Whoever's listening. Yeah. It's worth, yeah. it's definitely worth a try. It is unique. It's worth the price of admission. Yes. It's kind of like those orange sickle ales we had a couple summers ago. Like, oh, but those were I don't refreshingly wanna, I delicious. Those were, those were, well, okay, those are really good, but that's an example of one that... <laughs> that was you saying that one isn't. <laughs> well, no, but you would, it's one you really have to try, even if you don't like orange sickles. You, it's just, it's amazing how they taste. Like, they taste yeah. like an orange sickle. They pulled off somehow. <laughs> All right, well, this one's, this beer is from America. To finish our, our rating from earlier, how many beautiful, spangled, glorious American stars out of 50 on the flag will you give this one? I'm going to give this a for a beer. I'm going to give it a 34. <laughs> okay. 30, 33. 33. All right. I guess I'll go for as a beer. I was actually going to be right there too. I I think I like it a little bit more. I, I'll give it a 34. Okay. But I mean, as a beverage, like kicking back and trying it out, I'm, I'd probably give it a 39. A one-time drink rating of 39 (laughs) for the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uniqueness. All right. I'll drink that the rest of this episode. Yeah. Cool. You don't happen to have one on you for that that you're willing to drink at 647 in the morning. Right, Tim? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) No, he does not have that. Okay. All right. We're going to go ahead and hop into catching up. Catching up is the part of the show where we catch up, which is why we call it catching up. And I have the first one here. So what I've been up to, and this has honestly been the vast majority of my time this month, I decided, I got to the point where I was just like, for the last few months looking around, like I haven't got stuck into a game, like fall in love with the game where I'm just like, that's what I want to do. And you, you know, kind of spend part of your work day thinking about that game because you can't wait to get back to it and all this, you know, that feeling. And I'm like, well, I can't find that game. You know, am I into playing games anymore at this point? Am I burnt out right now? Do I need to take a break and come back to it? And I said, you know what? I absolutely loved the game Bioshock so much. Loved the the theme and everything about it. And then I skipped the second one, but I played Bioshock Infinite, which also was a really cool game. Uh, not quite as good as the first one, but, but uh, kind of mixed it up a bit. I just never played Bioshock 2 because it was like the first one, but you played as one of the big daddies. The, which are the big robot guys. Yeah. And just that concept of playing it as that character never appealed to me. But I finally said, you know what? I want to get into a game I know I'm going to like fall in love with. And I have never played that one. So let me just go ahead and start the intro and see what happens. And about 20 hours later, I'm almost, well, I feel like I'm almost done with it. But I've been sp- playing a whole bunch of Bioshock 2. It feels nice. very much like the first game. In fact, I don't think there's any improvements to the game engine or anything. I think it's just they made another story in the exact same environment. Um, 
I shouldn't say the exact same environment, exact same engine engine. Yeah. The exact same assets and everything. Uh, they created a few new areas and characters and things, but new story. Um, it is a little weird playing as a big daddy. Cause these are guys who can't really run. You kind of walk everywhere. And for a game where you're shooting things and dodging things, being able to just kind of lumber around doesn't feel fully right. Um, you can do tiny little jumps, but again, the game Bioshock takes place in this underwater world that was built in like the thirties. And, uh, this whole society like grew up down there and they were kind of brainwashed into thinking everything on the surface was terrible. So you're living in this underwater world. So these metal fifties or, or earlier than that, I guess thirties and forties, um, these metal buildings with like art deco things going on and the music and jazz and all the stuff on the record players. But, all the everything went wrong down there and all the inhabitants are now addicted to this drug called splice so they're called splicers and they all kind of morphed into different things you've got you know you got your leatherhead splicers you've got your standard splicers you've got spider splicers who like mutated to be able to like crawl on walls and things um and there's this really cool story that once again is kind of told in the way that you eric and i um love which is very much like half-life where you're playing the game you'll see a character that you're interacting with and they'll be talking to you through a radio and eventually you get to meet them but uh they kind of only talk to you while you're playing not in cutscenes. um you kind of walk up to a window and you can see them talking to you on the other side of the window or or whatever it is super cool game and it really takes it's fun to explore the environment and see what the cool things they came up with um, you get to learn a lot of story about characters and things just by seeing the environment, things in people's rooms, and that kind of stuff. Um, and the gameplay is is fun and it's challenging enough, but not too challenging. Absolutely love Bio- Bioshock 2, so I've been doing a ton of that. Good. And then the other game I've been t- playing a ton of is on my Switch on the, not Super Nintendo, but Super Famicom. So if you if you have the E, what do you call it, the Switch membership, um, you can sign up for the American one, but you can also hop on, make an account for the Japanese market, and download the Japanese games. Mm-hmm. And so one of those games was Mario Picross. And I love my Picross, and it's just Picross. If you don't know what that is, look it up. It's kind of like a video Sudoku kind of a thing. It's its own thing, but it's really popular for dorks like me that like to play Picross. And uh, it's honestly one of the longest Picross games I've ever played. There are a ton of puzzles in there. So I'll just play like two or three of those, maybe sometimes four or five every night, and just kind of working my way through it and playing the Super Famicom Picross. So that's what I've been up to. Nice. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know how to segue into this, Tim, because I have no idea what this means. <laughs> what have you been um, up to? Okay. So... Uh, full disclosure, uh, going behind the, the curtain, as it were, breaking the fourth wall. Um, I think it was probably uh, beginning of August. Um, I noticed my right arm was starting to really ache a lot. Um, and I've had a lot of problems this past month uh, with, with my right arm um, to the point where I got to the stage where I just had to rest my arm a fair bunch, uh, especially as obviously most of my work is computer work, moving mouse, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, 
it's the reason why I haven't really played an awful lot of games this this past month. Um, I've just had to take a take a break from all that and uh, uh, put down the joypad for a little while. Um, so yeah, so that's why my uh, my catching up is a bit light this month. Um, it's starting to get a bit better now, um, but um, that that's the reason why I'm a bit light on content this month. Um, so yeah, I think I'll uh, compile had, had a bad wrist. <laughs> I think I'm gonna. Uh, I like it. What dude, the note is pretty actually clever. You said taking a wrist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to send you a curated list of single button games where you can literally just use your palm and smash like the space bar. Smash it. <laughs> There's actually a lot of those, uh, really, especially on the yeah. Commodore, right? Yeah. Where you, like a PO, yeah, Cannibal yeah. or PO yeah, Snake I've, or whatever. I even, yeah, I even bought a single button controller. It's a. Um, there you go. It's got the the Atari uh, connector on it, and it's just literally a single button that you can just press in your hand like that. It's <laughs> <That's> really cool. <laughs> that's brilliant. Um, but yeah, I didn't think about that. that. That's a good idea. Maybe we should do something on single button games at some stage. Oh, that's, that's actually that is a good idea. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good yeah. six good games. That, oh, I like mm. it. <laughs> Let's rotate on over to Eric. So a long time ago, and at this point, I don't even remember how long ago it was, I backed a Kickstarter for um, a guy on that I've known forever on Twitter, Todd Gill. Um, so he, um, I think, what is the name of his company? Tim, do you know that? Um, Leaping Frog or something like that? Retro Frog or, or something. Retro Frog, yeah. 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 That's right, Retro Frog. Um, and, I, and, I, and since I knew him, I was like, okay, I'm going to back his Kickstarter and he had a lot of delays. Now, you know, some of it was COVID related. Some of it was personal stuff, but it, this thing got delayed and delayed and delayed. So um, finally he started shipping them and I got them and he went through a few hardware revisions, but this is called the rotate or rotate. Rotate. Or rotate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's basically a, a little stand for your switch. Um, that you can pop your switch in, but you can rotate it, you know, to be, and it, it, it has the kind of demarcations in the gear so that it stops at, yeah. you know, hard 90, 90 or hard one eighty. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it stops it. And, and the hardware that he used in this is really nice because this is all 3d printed. Um, but the hardware is really nice. And then the really cool thing is this little spring lever in here that you can adjust it, the angle of view. So you can, put it to where it's almost laying flat all the way up to where it's like looking straight at you. Right. Cool. So this thing is cool. The only problem is I don't play my switch a lot anymore. When I ordered this, I was, yeah, yeah. but I did kind of have a little uh, resurgence of playing like pinball, which is really awesome on this. Yeah. If you don't want to use your big monitor, you can literally like move this into pinball mode and um, Tate mode and like have the pinball. And if you lay it back all the way, since this one actually does angle, um, and have your little controller at the bottom, it plays like a little table. So it it's it's pretty versatile and it's a lot of fun. I think I'm going to, when I start traveling more, um, going on vacations or whatever, take this along with you so I have a little mini screen to, that I can also play the game. So, or does so the, the Steam, Steam Deck, deck <laughs> won't fit into there then? <laughs> the Steam Deck will not fit in there. It is way too fat. Okay, uh, well, Todd, if you're listening... Not, Eric not needs a Steam Deck version. I know. <laughs> not trying to body shame the Steam Deck, but it is too fat. To, <laughs> too much. You too fat. Too much junk <laughs> in that trunk. But yeah. it's cool, and, and and I imagine because it was pretty popular on Kickstarter, and he's I think by now he's probably shipped it to almost everybody. 
I imagine it's going to start showing up on his retro store, which is Retro Frog. But it's great. It works fine. It's everything works really well, and it's built with really quality parts. Nice. Speaking of quality parts, Cody. I know. I got my C64 Maxi yeah, in the so mail from Tim yeah, and so yeah. did Eric, and I got to put that through its paces, and it's awesome. I mean, it's exactly what I thought it would be. Um, I it, it, it actually added some some hardware or some software features, so actually it was more than I thought it would be because I thought it would be exactly like my Mini, but there's a lot yeah. more games and stuff included, some more features. Uh, and it's got the VIC-20 stuff in there, too, which is really cool. Uh, so, you know, obviously I tried some games in there and played some stuff and started loving it. So now I can, I have a, a basically a Commodore 64. Looks and feels house. right in the yeah. in the house, in my bedroom, where I have a little flat screen next to a little desk, which is great. But the, it also let me, the first thing I wanted to do was, all right, I've got Sam's Journey it's been, I don't know how many yes. years, way too many years before I played this thing. I'm loading it up. I'm playing Sam's Journey, and I got the specific version from when I bought it that has the uh, the C64 mini version of it or whatever it is, the, the one yeah. specific to this piece of hardware to make it work the best. And uh, first of all, the new controller uh, is definitely sturdier than the original one they came with and it, it clicks harder yeah. than any competition pro i've ever used so yeah yeah certain <laughs> games that's great and other games it's almost too much resistance yeah um but i'm glad i have it i think it's cool and of course that but that has all the, the four buttons at the bottom to control the commodore 64 mini maxi whatever yeah. um and if you remember, uh, I made a, a, a controller out of a cigar box that had those extra buttons so I could plug it into my C64. But I started playing Sam's Journey, and first of all, it's absolutely mind-blowing. It's actually better than I thought it could be. I don't know how they made that game possible. It's an amazing game, isn't it? Really, really cool. And it's actually, like, designed well. It's not like I expected it to be, like, technically impressive with some cool modern style of gameplay, but, you know, kind of level design is, ah, yeah, I could tell a couple people would. No, it's actually really well thought out. Um, With changing the outfits and using their different abilities at different times. But I could I'm not handle for the NES version definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to I mean I want to I want to play it and beat it on the Commodore 64. I think yeah. I'm a little different than you guys cuz that's where it was born. That's where I want to play it and beat it. I might try the NES version just to try it, but we'll see. But I struggle with up for jump so much in this mm-hmm. game and you really need the button and up for jump and there's no way for me to use all my modified uh, NES controllers and stuff I use for my Commodore 64 on this machine because this machine uses USB and it's got those four buttons and my little cigar box one I made won't help because it's still going to be up for jump except I, I have a, a button. Anyways, it's not it's not ideal. I'm like, well, what else is there out there? Solution. <laughs> Solution. <laughs> Yeah. What is <laughs> so I saw a mod and I'm like, I'd love to do that, but I have the old <laughs> stick, which is garbage and I'm never going to use it. Check this mod out. This is the most simple thing in the world, but when you see it, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. My mod here looks like a okay. normal the C64 yeah. joystick. Okay. With a normal cord. Yeah. But what's but. this second cord? <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. It is a DB9 connector 
No. So I went DB9. This is just a Cat5 patch cord that goes into this controller, and it literally just wires up to the back of these four buttons. Uh, or not these four buttons, I'm sorry. To up, down, left, right, and jump. So when I'm playing a game on there, I can still use these four buttons on this original controller to control menus and things. But you can use your cigar no, I can um, use a Genesis joystick. I, a yeah. Genesis controller. I can use a Master yep. System controller. Anything, anything with a DB9. I just plug it into this now, and then it con- it converts it to USB and goes right in. Yeah. So, so what, simple, stupid. Where did you? Is that mod just online somewhere? Yeah, I saw a couple people do it, but not too many. I, it was actually kind of hard to find one where I could really see where the, the solder points were. But it's really straightforward. I mean, it's literally five solder points: up, down, left, and right. Uh, I'm sorry, six. The ground and then jump. Or, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. So six solder points, and all you're doing is running those those connectors out to this or those connections out to this connector and plug in any DB9 you want into there, and there you go. Works. Wow. Right. Simple. Stupid. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so you I'm didn't excited. use your original. You didn't use the new controller. You used one of the old crappy ones for the mini. I used the yeah the one that everyone keeps breaking this handle. Mine never broke off because I never played it that hard. But no. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's so amazing go. because then you don't have to worry about messing it up. Like, yep. who cares? Yep. And I've got to use it as the joystick. You can almost buy another whole mini with joystick for the price of the separate joystick. <laughs> <laughs> and Eric, I can make you one of these because I've got doubles of this stuff if you want. I do want one. I, I think because I would love to use my little game pad for that. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. You got the game pad. That'd be. That'd be perfect. So. I have the nine-pin gamepad. That would be perfect. And Tim, I'd offer to make you one, except the cost to get it back to you and get your joystick, it wouldn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, go, going um, slightly left of field and just thinking about this logically, do the USB to uh, nine-way not work? But I guess then you haven't got those buttons, have you, I suppose? Correct. Yeah. It, it would take yeah. these four buttons to access the menu out of it, and then you wouldn't be yep. able to... You'd, be have to, you'd have to hot swap everything constantly to play games. Or what about put plugging that one into the other port? Would that then still recognize the buttons? So you'd I think have it, two, I think it would two see two controllers. controllers. Okay. I don't know. Right. That's, a, that's an idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'll try it. I'll see what try happens. Try it. Give it a shot. But I, I, like, I like the mod. It's, that's, that's way cool. Because that would be an ideal platform to play Sam's Journey because the you don't want to deal with the disc swapping. You don't want to deal with any of that. And that mini version is perfect. I've used it before, but you're right. The up to jump just was a bummer. Didn't want to deal with that. Yeah, it made it really hard, especially when you have those hard clicky joysticks because you're yeah. holding over and trying to up and then it's clicking back. I don't know how to explain it. It's just hard. But yep. we're going to have to rebuild some things, I guess. Right, Tim? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... um Another what one thing that I did recently, uh, my uh, podcasting computer, essentially, when I re- record all my episodes on and do my video YouTube stuff, all that sort of thing, um, it was getting a bit long in the tooth and wouldn't officially support Windows 11. Um, so I decided to uh, break that one apart and get, get me some parts um, to build up a new one. So I can't remember what I've got now. I think it's... I think I went with the Intel uh, 11 series, um, i7. Um, I think it's got something stupid like 64 gig of RAM in it and uh, two 
one terabyte hard drives, SSD drives, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, um, that's really all I've got to say about that. It's just I've just rebuilt the system. Um, and I was rubbing my hands together, ready to go with um, uh, a video for the Wii um, uh, for following on with the Tea Time with Tim that I did on the last yeah. episode. Um, but, uh, haven't got, uh, round to getting all that one together yet. So that, that will be coming soon. Um, I'm, I'm, like I say, my arm's feeling a bit better now, so I can actually spend a bit longer on the computer. So nice. other than obviously when I'm working, so, um, yeah, I will get that up together, but yeah, it's a big improvement and, uh, nice, nice and fast. I must say, Tim, you you used to have a bunch of stuff in that room and then you decided you would get rid of a lot of it. And some, somehow now I can't even see your room. It's just, it's all I see is stuff. So <laughs> I'm not sure, I'm not sure how, you know, your collection minus some stuff equals twice the size of a collection, but that the, happened. The problem, the problem that I've got at the moment is the amount of CRTs that I've got. That's, that's really my issue. <laughs> this, some of this <laughs> stuff really needs to go. It's just crazy. <laughs> Eric, you've been playing some some modern games, it looks like. These are some modern games. Um, a couple of them are retro-inspired, but I, and I'm not going to go too too deeply into any of these. Uh, I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3 because it now works really well in the Steam Deck. So, And it has special Steam Deck controls. And I've been playing that off and on, but just haven't been able to spend the time with it. But the funny thing about Baldur's Gate is that my na- I got my neighbor into it, and mm-hmm. he's... He is hooked on it, and he's up to level seven in there, and and he keeps telling me about all these quests and how awesome the game is, and it just makes me jealous because I just don't haven't had the time to play it, but I'm going to try to get to it. In fact, I might have him on a segment in a couple months where we talk about it, but I want him to play Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 on the PS2 and compare them so we bring it back to the retro world. Um, so I'm going to do that. This one that that you're bringing up on the video here is pretty unique game in that it is a roguelite first person shooter, but it's like a very high paced game where you have to move around a lot. It's called RoboQuest. It's cell shaded. Um, it, it looks like Borderlands. Mm, yep. It, and it is cell shaded, definitely cell shaded. Um, but it is where you have to constantly be moving because things are firing at you and you're fighting all these different robots and these turrets and you're in kind of an it's kind of a 3D first person arena shooter but it is very roguelite where you're getting like abilities and upgrading your weapons and when you go back to your base you can permanently upgrade statistics and stuff like that it actually is a really fun game Looks it's amazing. one of those for me this. it's one of those games that is like you turn your mind off and you just want to if you want a high action game um this is it, RoboQuest. <laughs> RoboQuest, so, kick some metal Robo blank. Quest. Can't say yeah. it on the show. <laughs> oh, it's a day um, one on Game Pass, Eric. That means I have it. Perfect. And yes. so you should play. I think you would dig it. You would like this game. It reminded me of that. Remember that game um, that was Egyptian? That was the oh, shooter yeah, yeah, yeah. that we played on Saturn. Um, oh, Power yeah, Slave. Power Slave. Imagine like a cell shaded Power Slave that was a roguelite and very fast and fast paced. So I've been playing that one. That one's a lot of fun. And then I heard that our old classic bro force um, came out with this version, which is free. If you already own bro force, but it's called bro Bro force forever. It's just an add on. It's like their fine. I think it's like their final update. Um, 
but they added new characters. They added new levels. Um, and if you already own this in your library, it will just, next time you update it, it will just add this for you. So, I mean, you know, you play Broforce and you love it and then you just leave it abandoned because, you know, it's old and you move on to other stuff. But now if you go back, it'll update and include all this extra stuff. Um, for I people stopped, that don't know, I stopped playing Broforce because I beat it. <laughs> yeah. So now there's <laughs> like additional, there's additional characters and additional levels. Broforce, if for people that don't know, it's awesome. It is like for me, for me personally, it's the pinnacle of, of action platforming. Like, I love Broforce. I can't find a real fault in it. I love playing it. And so when I heard about this update, I went back and I I I ended up I didn't beat it, but I got very close again. So I'm like I played it for probably 15 hours. Yeah. And I love this game so much and it's got a lot of humor. Um they've talked about it on AR, on ARG presents. They were talking about it. Um so it it it's just a game that's been out for a while now, but it's, it's just so good. It's so good. Yep, this makes me want to play it again. Did you ever play this one, Tim? No, I haven't actually. No. Dude, you, you mean you, it is just the classic platformer. Bro! I love it. <laughs> and it's so funny. <laughs> Bro! Yeah, I know. It's, it's hilarious. Um, cool. Anyway, Pro Force Forever. Been playing that one a lot. Um, speaking about playing stuff a lot, Cody, what's going on? <laughs> Peak. <laughs> I've got yeah, over, peak transition, older, bro. I get, as I get older, <laughs> I'm getting worse at these transitions. <laughs> getting a lot worse at them. But anyway, go ahead. Well, at this point in the show, everyone's already listened to Cody's Corner and just swooned over my amazing review of Sydney Hunter collection on the Evercade. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't heard that yet, that means you heard me start talking. You skipped forward 20 minutes or whatever to ignore me, and now I'm hurt. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I also picked up... Indie Collection 2. Um, so I put it on this kind of honestly ahead of the fact that I st- spent a lot of time on Sydney Hunter and I thought I'd get more into the collection before I talked about it here. Um, but I, it, there's a few games on there that, uh, you know, had some rough edges. There's a few games on there that were fun and entertaining but quick to beat. Uh, and I still have about half the collection to play. So um, Indie Collection 2, I don't have a full opinion on yet um, and saving some of the bigger titles that, that that are on there for last you know you can tell how how much how good the game is by how big they put it on the cover of the indie collection <laughs> yeah so there's that like tapeworm one i really want to get to i haven't got to that one yet um yeah that's about it so but yeah sydney hunter uh, played all four games on there and uh, if you just heard my review you will know my thoughts on that i'm leaving eric in the dark so he'll listen to this show later and and, and get the review then. <laughs> and I will, because I've been waiting for Sydney Hunter. I haven't even purchased it or done anything, but you talk about it quite a bit. And so I, I'm really looking forward to playing it, listening to you, and then probably going and grabbing this cartridge and playing it. Well, you've played the Super Nintendo one with me a little bit. That's right. Yes. Yeah. That one I did play a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Tim, this uh, next one, is that a drug reference? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> recently <Yeah. laughs> um i managed to pick up a whole bunch of uh famicom games which i sent eric a few of um right here. and uh yeah I, I spent some time going through uh 
plugging them in, uh, trying out some of the games. Um, and, uh, of course you come across the usual issue where you plug them in and they just crunch and grunch as you plug them into the Famicom and switch them on. And sure enough, they don't work. Um, so, uh, I got the, uh, the IPA out and some, uh, Q-tips cleaning off the, uh, the edge connectors on those. And, um, yeah, by the time I'd sort of like done 10 or 15 of those, I was absolutely high on IPA. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i oh, gotta take a break man tim's over here doing whippets <laughs> in the name of retro video games um so yeah it, it I, I just basically just yeah been been through some of those games cleaning them up and getting them going and so far so good I haven't found any that haven't worked after a little bit of um uh, elbow grease cleaning up yeah yep. yeah so that, that's that's been fun going through some of those you know what I've always used, and I didn't do this on purpose, it just happened to be the closest thing to me when I first got my, my games. Actually, I think it was the Famicom when I really started. I had um, that whiteboard cleaner, the stuff you spray oh, yeah. on a whiteboard, that which mm-hmm. Eric needs to spray on his wheel. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I started using that for a contact cleaner, and uh, it's worked excellent for me, actually. And, mm-hmm. and it doesn't get me high. So, anyways, just throwing that in the ether. Yeah. I'm sure there's someone out there that's like, nope, that's got dioxylethylene number four, and that'll destroy it. You know, I don't know, but it's it seems to it. work well. I would, assume it's, it. I would assume it's less abrasive than you know IPA or things that are actually harsh on your cartridges. I don't know. I remember when I first got my Nintendo, I was using Brasso on everything, and yeah. then online they're like, Brasso's going to destroy everything, and it made everything of mine work just fine. So everyone <laughs> needs to it. chill out. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone needs to s- sniff some of that IPA and chill out a little bit. <laughs> Just slow down a bit. Get on the get on the cuddle train, right, Eric? That's right. Know. That's right. That's right. Have you guys played Monster Train? I own no. it, but I have not played it, but it looks okay. Like a Cody game. I was going to say you guys if you like Slate Aspire, um which I know you've beaten it, right, Cody? Uh, with every character, yes. Yeah, with every character. I've, I've beaten it with two characters. Yep. Um, but if you like Slay the Spire, um, you should try Monster Train because it they ba- they do a perfect job of balancing. It's a similar game. So you go down a path. It's like a train, of course. So you're going down these tracks. And every time you battle, it's you're in like a four-story building. And these monsters come into the building and you have to fight them. And then when the battle's over, they go up a level. And at the top level, there's a gem up there. And they start attacking the gem. And if they destroy the gem, then you're done. The game's over. So you basically have to get very good at, like, planning where you play cards. Because you can play them on any level of the building. And so you... Or and, I, and when I say building, I think it's a train. It's a car in the train, but for some reason there's four levels. <laughs> um, but it, it's hard to explain, but it, in in practice, I got used to it very quickly. The cards are very well thought out and well done. Um, the bosses are insane. So you'll meet this boss and you're like, how am I going to beat this boss that has like 300 hit points? You know, when, when my little card does like four points of damage, you know what I mean? But through s- combos in the in the game, you almost feel like you're breaking the game because you can do these killer combos that'll mm-hmm. do tons of damage, but it's really smartly designed to make you feel powerful like that. So you keep playing it. Um, but it's a great one. So I should explain what it is. The card based 
um, deck builder, right? Deck building style game. Um, I, I, I've been having a blast with this. And what I do is I just play a little bit at a time. Like I'll play like two stops on the railroad tracks. And then like a couple days later, I'll go back and play a couple just when I'm chilling out and want a game where it's not so intense because it's turn-based. So you don't have to sit there and constantly be engaged in the game. You the can opposite of, of robot quest or whatever that was called. Exactly. Robo quest. Yeah. It's a total opposite of that game. Um, but if you like Slay Aspire, if you like deck building games, um, monster train is a lot of fun and I've been playing it a lot this past month. So, um, but Beautiful. when I read, so in the, in the notes, I read this next one, Cody, I want you to talk about this cause I want to see if it's what I think it is. Um, well, yeah, it's super hot. I played super hot. Yeah, and that's the same <laughs> one I was playing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, super hot, super hot. So, so like so, when I was playing this, that got so stuck in my head. I was having dreams super of that. Hot, super <laughs> hot. Super yeah. So hot. I know you've talked about it before. A lot of people know what this is. Super stylistic game. It's like white and red. It's like I mean, it's kind of black and white, but with red. It's a game, but. There's some things I didn't know about the game, but so the overall gameplay of the actual game uh, is uh, kind of like bullet time. It plays really slow motion, but whenever you make a movement, you know, it's first-person shooter, essentially. Uh, whenever you make a movement, time plays in real time, but then when mm-hmm. you stop, it slows down to a crawl where if you don't move, you'll still get shot. Um, but ultimately, what you end up doing is playing a game of bullet time, trying to kill all of these enemies that appear and come at you by either punching them to stun them and then they drop their gun you grab their gun then you shoot them then you shoot another person then your gun run that side of bullets so maybe you uh, dive out of the way from a couple of bullets and then throw a gun at another guy coming out through another door and then you can replay the whole thing you just did in real time and it looks like you're freaking amazing you just like you just did all that right and it just feels cool and it's just a super cool concept but what i didn't know about it that i love about it is the whole thing is kind of done in this like 80s hacker on his computer Yep. Um, kind of layout where you start by uh, playing on like a you know a, a black computer screen with green lettering and you're just typing things and somehow you hack into this database and your friends reaching out to you like hey open this file copy this send this to me oh cool i found a, a level of this game all right let's download the rest and so you're kind of going through this meta game while you're playing the actual gameplay and uh i won't give too much away but it's it's not a long game it only took me a couple hours to beat yep um, but a whole lot of fun. And then at the very end, there's an Amiga reference because you actually end up seeing yourself playing the game while you're in the game. And uh, there's a, a guru meditation error on your screen. <laughs> I'm like, really? How cool is yeah. that? I think it's so cool. Like the when you get upgrades, they're like something.exe. So yeah. like you grab little programs to get, get your upgrades. I went through a big kick on Super Hot. Like I, and we talked about it on the show. I mean, I. I, I was so like addicted to that game. Like I, every chance I got, I was trying to play it. And the cool thing is it plays really well on mobile platforms too. So you could take it to like volleyball tournaments and like play, play it on your breaks or whatever. So yeah, um, and I, re- I really want to play it. It's a big VR game too, a big VR title. It'd be really cool to it, play it in VR. Yeah. And I've never played it, but I've heard that it was really, it, 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 that would be trippy to play it in VR. If that's if they imagine like being in that world and everything's all around you because dudes will sneak up behind you in that game and it is startling you know when they sneak up behind you yeah um, it, it 
I, I, I love this game. I, I absolutely love it. In fact, just talking about it right now makes me want to go back and play it. Have you played this at all, Tim? <laughs> no, I haven't. I was just thinking, do they, uh, do they do a P, um, PS4 version of this, or is it oh, just sure. PC on Steam? No, sure it, it's on a lot of things, yeah. No, I, I, actually oh, right. play, I played it on PS4, actually. Yeah, oh, okay. I could yep. um, break out my PSVR for that. Oh, yes, you should. That's a mm. great idea. Mm. Oh, it's so fun. It is. It's a great. I, and there's nothing like it, really. I and mean, they, not, I'm surprised no one else has done something. Even if it was like a 2D, like Commodore 64 version of this game, I'm surprised yeah. nobody's done a D make or something where it's like, you know, super hot 2D or you know, that very might work very well warm on the Spectrum actually, because <laughs> yeah, you could probably do a wire fr- wireframe version on the Spectrum, and it probably wouldn't be too bad on that one. Yeah. 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 So here's the VR version. You can actually you actually see your hands. So you're, it's more about grabbing things and throwing things. Yeah. I mean, That's I was cool. wondering. I was like, why is the gun floating? That doesn't that doesn't make any sense. But you're right. That's if it's cool. VR. It does. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Nice. Uh, moving on to oh, were you going to say anything else about the Wii there, Tim, <laughs> or is that what you already kind of addressed? Well, it's kind of. Um, there's one game that I really wanted to sort of like uh, speak a little bit more about because it was okay. a very visual game um, that was in my um, tea time with Tim. So I don't know if you can call up um, Hydro Adventure. Um, Hydro Adventure. Yeah. So this was uh, one I found uh, when I was going through uh, some of the WiiWare titles. Um, so it's sort of like one that you can download from the Wii shop. Um, but it's it seemed like a really 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 good fun game to play. Essentially, you um, you you basically got to get some water from one side of the screen to the other, um, and not waste a drop. Um, and you can accumulate some more water as you go through each level. Um, but it's it's kind of the narrative of the game is that you're actually in a book, and it's like um, I don't know uh, like a natural history. Uh, kind of book and each page is a level of the game uh so you start off like on page one and you're kind <laughs> of in a in a cavern um and you've got to get the water from one side to the other so it's i wouldn't call it like a like a platformer but more of sort of like a, a maze type game um but the the you've got to get the water from one side to, uh one the top of the page to the bottom of the page you're going around sort of like um uh, caves and um you've got sort of like traps along the way you've got um uh fans that can blow the water away from where you're trying to go so to divert your 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 path and you're actually tilting the book or tilting the screen to yeah the key so gameplay is the we rotating the monitor itself to mo- to move the water around that's right. So you're you're moving the Wiimote. So rather than using the D-pad or whatever, you're actually moving the Wiimote. So you're tilting it. So you've got that motion sensing in there as well. That's cool. Um, and it's it's quite a simple concept, um, but it's actually quite an addictive game. I, I played this one for a little while, um, and because I could do it with the Wiimote, it wasn't actually really hurting my wrist so much. It wasn't sort of like button mashing or anything like that. So it's quite quite nice to play at the time. Um, but yeah, this is this is one that I kind of wanted to go in a little. bit 
bit more detail about because uh, because the ep- that Wii episode was running a little bit long. Um, but yeah, this is this is a great game and one I recommend people ha- take a look at. It's not quite so easy, I guess, today to to get it going. So you've got to have a what um, a modded Wii because um, I don't think is the Wii Shop still in existence. Can you still download from it? I, I don't. don't- don't I think don't you think can so. now. I think they no. shut it down very recently, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so what you might want to try and find is a Google Hydro Adventure um, and try and find the WOD file for this. If you've got um, a homebrew channel on your Wii, then you'll be able to um, download this one and, and give it a go. It's it's really good fun. Hydro Adventure. Very cool. Yes. It reminds me of... Um, what was that mobile foam game like 10 years ago? Like, don't waste the water. There's like an alligator on it. I remember that. Like yeah. on the very first iPad that we got, it was, they, we downloaded that game because the kids wanted to play it. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. It's actually yeah. pretty much this, yeah. except this has that rotate feature, which makes it yeah, yeah, much more yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's a nice one. Very cool. Speaking of interesting ways to control games. Yes. So I found this um, a while ago and like, I wasn't going to pre I don't pre-order stuff anymore. I'm just out of that game. Um, but when it finally became available to purchase, I went and did it. I got the 8-bit dough or do I always say 8-bit dough, 8-bit dough, um, Neo Geo controller. There it is. And it has the clicky, the nice and clicky joystick. The buttons work really well. It really does. They did a great job in replicating the original Neo Geo controller, even down to the shape of the controller. Yeah. Um, it does have bumpers. Well, so you, you say the original, it. but it was the uh, Neo Geo CD controller, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. That's what I meant. Yep. But it it has extra buttons. It has the the bumpers. It has the start and select. It also has like a little star and these little buttons down here just to pick gameplay. So, the thing that's really cool about this is it's 2.4 gigahertz um, controller. So it comes with a dongle that you can plug into just about anything. So you can plug it into your laptop. You can plug it into whatever. But what I've been using it a lot for is on the Mister. Mm-hmm. So plug it in the Mister. It has yeah. pretty low latency. Um, and I use it to play any game that doesn't support the Snack controllers that I've been using for. Because not all cores support Snack yet. So I just use this for everything else, like Commodore 64 games, everything, um, but including Neo Geo games because you can play Perfect. all the Neo Geo games on Mr. Um, but I've also put plugged this into my laptop and just used it as a general controller. I just love the clickiness. And another thing that's really cool about it comes in different colors and styles, but it also has a switch on the back that lets you do the 2.4 gigahertz, which is always going to be kind of a lower latency um, more reliable connection, but it also has Bluetooth. So just both. whatever, okay. whatever system you have only has Bluetooth. You don't even need the dongle. You can just pair this to it and it's good to go. So Ooh, I like that. Um, I, I, I love this controller and it's only like, I think it's $34 or something on Amazon. Um, I, I'm, I love it. I've been really enjoying this. It's become my standard controller for almost everything. Really? Are you smitten? Yeah. Are you smitten, smitten. Eric? It's just easy to use, easier, easy than just about any other. And I like the clicky, the clicky controller. Very cool. I have a quick update in that. So one of our Patreon subscribers reached out to me, and I was excited to be able to help and pass on the the love for the community that Tim has done, has uh, taken the, the banner, K 
carried the torch for so long. Yes. And uh, Mr. Henrik Lofel on here had an item he was hoping to get. It looked like it was a pretty rare, again, stuff stuff that's beyond my, my realm of understanding. Um, expansion card for a C-128, the REU yeah. unit for the C-128. Yeah. And uh, so I was able to help him uh, get that shipped from here back to Denmark. So thought that was pretty darn cool. It was the yeah. Uh, so that wasn't a C sixty four REU. That was a C one twenty eight one. Correct. It was the seventeen fifty. Huh, man. Because I, I I don't think I've seen any of those lately. Like you, every once in a while, the C sixty four one will pop up, but um, the C one twenty eight one. That's I'm not even sure if I've see, ever seen one of those in real life. Well, I have, Eric. I've held up my hands, complete in yeah. box. Let me just tell you right now. Um. Yeah, here it is. Commodore Army 1750 modified supports two megabytes of memory. Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, C128 and C128D. That's there, pretty crazy. There it is. I, I didn't even know they did one for the 128. Yeah. Right? Man. So that's why that's I, it, that's I, I thought I'd try to trick you guys and take a picture of me holding a complete and box one. You guys were like, whoa, what'd you find? Whoa, no. that, those exist? <laughs> But no, so it was what not does mine. that? How much RAM does that expand it to? So it's already two meg, apparently. Two meg, it really? It can go up to. I don't know if it's built in. Um, okay. Uh, provided fifteen uh, five twelve. Yeah. But you can add uh, you can add more RAM to it and make it up to two meg. All right, for all your C one twenty eight programs that can use two megs. <laughs> but very <Geos>, cool. Mostly. <laughs> there you go. So I sent him a, a Pixel Gaiden shirt to go with it. So we've seen pictures of that popping up around the internet, him him wearing yeah. his, his shirt. So thank you, Henrik. It was, it was fun being able to do that for you. And, uh, nice and work. Thanks for sending those pictures. So that's cool. Speaking of uh, international relations. Yeah. Uh, so again, just uh, unfortunately, just another quick one from me. Um, Vicky was visiting um, and uh, she's obviously gone back home now, uh, back over to Japan. But uh, we had one last catch up um, before she left. And um, this time we managed to get some time to play on the Vetrex. Um, and she absolutely loved um uh, oh blimey <laughs> vector blade <laughs> the yes. name, yeah. name escaped blade. for a second but she she was playing on that for ages and ages and was just so determined to <laughs> get the hang of it um it's like like most people you sort of like you start off and you're collecting everything and i'm saying no no you can't collect everything you just want to just pick and choose the items that you get so because she was just like going around is so slow and single shot and all that sort of stuff and yeah eventually she got the hang of it and uh yeah absolutely loved it because she'd never really played uh vetrex that much you know the odd the odd one or two goes so this was uh, the first time that uh, she'd ever really sort of had a, a decent amount of time on it and we were going to play some other games but just ended up playing vector blade all the time <laughs> 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 typical vicky she just gets zoned in on one game and just wants to play and play um and then we did bring out uh the x68000 again um I can't remember what she was playing on it this time. Um, again, just literally just zoned in on one game and just played that for ages. So she was happy enough. Um, it was a <laughs> Sunday. So the, the Formula One was on. So 
I left her up here with Danica and they were sort of like chatting and playing together oh, and cool. all that sort of stuff. So I watched the Formula One, came back up and they, they, she was still playing the same game. <laughs> wow. Love it. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's, it was, it was good fun and it's good, good to catch up. And uh, yeah, she's back in Japan now. So yeah, another gotcha. thing that's uh, come over from Japan is a yep. PC engine shuttle i believe you got an update on that cody yep it flew over here on its own power it did (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i got that pc engine shuttle which i was super excited about thank you very much i think it's super cool looking uh and i'm like all right let's see let's see what's going on with this thing so didn't expect much but i went ahead and i actually have a a japanese pc engine game i'm like well that would be fitting i'll plug that in and i have a, a pc engine controller plug that in got the power supply and everything out, got it all plugged into my computer, turned it on, and it popped right on. And I saw the game. Everything popped on. I didn't hear any sound. Nice. I adjusted the volume. The volume was yep. all working. Everything is great. So I'm like, wow, this thing works. Like, what? It, it just they, think, they thought it didn't work, but it does work out. No, this is great. And then I tried to press start, and nothing happened. Uh. <laughs> so it turns out, <laughs> I believe that there's something something i've tried multiple controllers something that keeps the controller from allowing anything to happen i don't know so that's my next thing is trying to figure that out i don't know if there's a chip in there that is like the controller chip that just needs to be swapped i don't know what it is but it it powers up the games and it looks and sounds beautiful so excellent well at least least it's a a working system so it's it's you know, it could just be literally the the port on the front's faulty or something like that. So you might just need yep. to reflow it or whatever. You know, maybe, that, maybe it's as simple as like a bad ground or something. I just need to reground it, and it's like okay, everything works. Yeah. So yeah, I'm hoping because it's a cool system. Yeah, that would be awesome. Excellent, and it looks like a hovercraft. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. We are uh, sufficiently caught up. We are. Which means we have one thing yet to do this month, and that is to talk about six good games. Six good games. <clears throat> Tim, we, we're pretty sure you, you chose the topic this time. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, um, and uh, like I said the last time, I am after this officially retiring from the game selection committee. Um, I'm done. <laughs> this, this was a good one. This, this was, was a great, great topic here. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But the but the last one, you guys really ragged on me for that. <laughs> One. So, you know, essentially, you guys have the option to say no. <laughs> so, come on. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. It's a challenge. But, you know, it, you can say no to these games. Um, so I'm not carrying the can for all of it, I'm afraid. I, I, I just throw some ideas out there. You, you guys can say yes or no. That's pretty much how we do it. And I just every time you say something, I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Exactly. Um, but uh, but yeah. list, I think the listeners appreciate it because. And then I get the blame for it. Yeah, that's, that's all part of the fun. <laughs> Anyways, this is so a great anyway, topic, which is six good games with what, Tim? What did you pick? Uh, six good games with lemmings. Ah, you know, <laughs> I chose incorrectly. My my bad. No, six good games with dragons. Which is, again, about half of every video game, half of the games made in history have dragons in them. So this was very yeah. open, and yeah. we really got to spread our wings, pun intended. Um, that being said... 
I think we all kind of honed in on a specific genre, (laughs) (laughs) regardless if we tried to or not. Yeah, yeah. So, Tim, Um, how about you start us off here, huh? Yeah, so this is a game that I can remember uh, back in the day. It is a Mega Drive slash Genesis game. Um, It was released in 1992, and it's called Alicia Dragoon. Now, I don't know whether this one was... uh, I I, I mean, I sold it in my shop, um, and I can remember it, but I don't see it... uh, kind of like um you know mentioned about an awful lot correct me if i'm wrong maybe you guys know of it and have been sick of hearing about this game um but this, this I, is I a, i'd say this game is a game that no one knew of at the time and even if you're getting into retro and stuff it's still not um as well noted as it probably could be yeah yeah Yep, I think that's a fair, fair, fair description. So, if you're not familiar with Alicia Dragoon, it is kind of like a platform run and gun shooter. <laughs> it's kind of got a bit of everything in it, um, and that's not a bad thing because I personally think this is an awesome game um, and one that, like I say, I think it gets a bit overlooked um, in terms of sort of like you know for some of the other run and guns and other bits and other titles on the on the Mega Drive. Um, this one, you are basically Alicia. Um, she has been, um, her father got, um, killed by the, the, the big boss guy, essentially. Um, and she's out for revenge. There's nothing better than a revenge story, is there? Good 90s, good 90s <laughs> plot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now where this comes in, into terms of the dra- dragoon or dragon si- side of things is obviously partly her name, uh, but also, um, one of the, uh, game features on this is that you have pets in the game um, that can help you out um, along in your quest. So you have four different types of pets or characters that can help you out. And one of those is uh, is like a little dragon that, that flies around with you. Um, the graphics style, I guess, is very, very of the time. Um, so it's nice, detailed 16-bit sprites, uh, nice animation, colourful. Uh, the sound in this game is incredible as well. Um, the, the the plan of the game essentially is, is, is like a platformer. So you start off on the first level, um, you're uh, sort of like... Uh, shooting uh what is it she's got kind of like a uh, a lightning bolt uh, attack now with the lightning bolt attack you can you can keep firing but eventually she's got like a little power meter at the top um and that power meter will drain so you can't constantly just stick it on auto fire and blat everything around there um the the lightning bolt shoots out of her arms and it kind of goes and homes in on the enemies on the screen. Now, this is quite a tactical game as well because you've got to build up that charge because the once she's fully charged, you hit the fire button and it literally just zaps everything on the screen, which is really good. Um, but obviously, if you've got a really busy screen, which on this game you often have, um, 
you, once you've used that charge shot up once, you can't just use it over and over again. You're then back to just sort of like the stink single homing shot. Um, so you've got to kind of use that tactically and not just literally just run around everywhere shooting all the time. Um, because you really do need to in between waves, you do need to sort of like chill, let that weapon build up again and then go for it. And the problem is, is sometimes you get, you don't get warning when the enemies are coming in. They just literally appear and you're like, whoa, and you've got to, you've got to zap them pretty quickly because they do hit you pretty much straight away. Um, so you, it's another game where you really need to sort of like uh, go through and uh, memorize the levels and know where those enemies are going to be coming out of um, so you can, you know, uh, take advantage of your of your weaponry. Um, there are boss battles at the end of each level and your uh, characters, your uh, pets have different abilities. So like the dragon is good for close up um, and it's got, I think it fires three um, uh, thunderbolts or firebolts. Um, so that's quite good for sort of like using on the end of level boss battles. You've got a fireball, which sort of like hovers around you. And whilst it's not great for sort of like long distance stuff, it's quite good because it, it hovers around you and protects you from other enemies. So it can, uh, anything that's sort of like one or two points to kill, it can, it can take those out. The, um, a good thing or a bad thing is, is that the, the companions or the pets do have hit points as well as, uh, Alicia does. So obviously, um, you can't just, um, you know, fly them around and, uh, take out all the enemies. Eventually they'll sort of like, uh, fade away and then you have to collect, um, power ups for them as well as yourself, uh, which leads me on to power ups for Alicia. So, um, she can power up her, um, laser or um lightning bolt effect um there's also um uh, little uh like um potion jugs that you can collect and those uh give you the ability to um have what's called fairies so you can get um two fairies either side of you which create a little platform and you need those in certain areas of the game uh to be able to uh reach higher higher levels that you can't without that um yeah uh, i could i could go on about this game it's just so much fun um i i really enjoy this one um what what do you guys think about this one it go looks it. awesome yeah i mean it looks <laughs> i've never heard of it i've never I, I have to be honest i've never heard of it at all um but it i thought you graphics huh okay no, continue. Sorry. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen this game before. Um, the cup, the the graphics look amazing. The color, um, it's got a nice little control or um, heads up display on the top, showing all your mm-hmm. HP and level and stuff. Um, I, yeah, I would love to try this game, but it looks really, it looks like a great little plat- action platformer. Yeah. Yeah, the first first few levels are kind of like take it a bit easier on you, and then after the fourth level, it starts to get really ramp up and starts starts to get really hard. Um, but I think more more than anything, you kind of got to get used to the mechanics of the game. 
the other thing with this one is exploration is key. Um, you really need to hunt around the levels to find those power ups because you do need them. Um, as you get deeper into the game, you know, you need more lives and there are no continues other than if you pick up an extra life. And then that kind of like gives you, doesn't just set you back and you've got another life that allows you to continue. So you can sort of like move forward in the game. Um, but if you don't have, if you don't pick that up, then obviously you lose a life and then you, you carry on again um but yeah this is this is a, a really nice one what, what do you think cody yeah so I, I i had well first of all i remember if i remember correctly the music was like very genesis very oh, yeah. so if you're into FM that synths. yeah yeah <laughs> it's one of those i for me that sound is very polarized and you either love it or it drives you nuts <laughs> but <laughs> it is uh really well done using the sound chip um but yeah i i thought eric i thought you you had played this one before. I remember, I know I actually picked this for one of our six good games when we first started the show, probably in the first year. And then I thought you ended up picking it a couple years later. And then, um, which is fine because at this point we can't even remember. So no one else is going to remember. Um, This doesn't look familiar to me at all, but yeah, it's a game I would describe as kind of, um, more linear, but, uh, fantasy Turrican. It's like, in large part because of the weapon, that kind of seeking beam thing, which is very Turkin looking to me. Yeah. Um, but it was a game that I always thought was impressive and cool, and I love all the things about it, except I just... Ne- maybe it's because I never took the time to learn how the gameplay really worked. And so, to me, it was just like, you smash the button, it automatically kills everything around you. What? Where's the challenge? And then you get to a point where everything just kills you. Yeah. Um, so I think understanding the game the way you you took the time to do is going to be key to enjoying this game. Um, I mean, I mean, I think it, it it looks great. It seems the the controls great. I just need to uh, play it the right way. I think. Yeah. So this this one's done by a company called Game Arts, which they you know quite a prolific uh, developer. They did um, I don't know if you know Silpede, which mm-hmm. was a Sega CD or Mega CD game. Um, and Eric, I don't know if you remember it. Um, it was kind of like um, uh, I know it's done on the PC on DOS, and I think it was also on Amiga and ST, which was Thexter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 And Apple. Played, uh, Apple too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yep, so they they developed this one as well, that one as well. So it's kind of like a a prequel. Um, Thexter was the prequel to this one. (laughs) Which Thexter always felt very turkin to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. Cool. So the next next? one is me. It is you. It's a me. It's an Um, attic. So I did a little sub theme to the games I picked. I Mm -hmm. picked two arcade games that were converted or ported, if you will, to a console. And then I chose to play the console game. And the reason is, is usually the console game is not such a quarter muncher. Mm-hmm. Where it like, you know, I don't want to say they're easier because neither of these games is actually super easy, but it makes it a little, it lets you get a little further because it's not so concerned about eat, gobbling up all your quarters. So Further Um, off of one quarter, but at the same time, you can't just feed it to victory. Correct. You only get a limited amount of continues. And so that was appealing to me. But both of these are generally from the arcade, but they are on two different platforms. So the first one I picked was Dragon Saber, um, and I played it on PC Engine. It did not have a TG-16 release. This was only released in Japan. 
So it was only on the PC Engine. Uh, the full title of this game is Dragon Saber After Story of Dragon Spirit. And that is because it is a sequel to another arcade game called Dragon, Dragon Spirit. Dragon Spirit, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, this one came out in 1990. Um, it is by Namco. Um, I played, again, the PC Engine version of this game, which made it... Um, it, it, it pretty much follows the same kind of... Um, deal is the arcade game it allows multiplayer so you can it have two players simultaneous on the screen at one time but it is a shooter where in the in the lore and on the cutscenes in the beginning of this game you are a i think a prince and you're a human and you get struck by lightning and you turn into a dragon um and then you are fighting all of these enemies the game has a mechanic where one of the buttons is fire ahead of you and the other button is bomb ahead of you because there are things that are on the land and in the water, um, et cetera. It's got that so, Zevious thing going. Correct. So what I usually end up doing is just holding both buttons down. <laughs> but you can't really do that in this game because another interesting mechanic in this shoot 'em up is that if you just hold down, if you let off of the fire button, that's your charging charge weapon by not pressing it by not like some games you hold the button down and it charges it up. This one you let go. So if you're not firing, it charges and hits, you know, shoots a shot. That's a much more powerful shot around the levels are these little things that look like jelly beans. I don't know what they're supposed to be. Dragon eggs, dragon eggs, maybe. Yeah. And if you bomb them, then it releases power-ups and the power-ups do various things like increase your firepower, um, give you a continue, uh, et cetera, et cetera. There's a bunch of different power-ups in the game. They have little symbols on them that tell you what they are. If you die in this game, it doesn't take you all the way back, but you do lo- lose one level of your upgrade. Um, otherwise, it is a pretty general shoot 'em up Oh, another thing is like for every life you have, you can take or absorb four shots. Um, at the end of every level, there is a boss battle. Um, the first one is kind of this g- gross-looking blob <laughs> thing that has legs sticking out of it. Um, barnacle eyes. Yep. If you bomb the little barnacle things, that it'll kill those. And then this thing comes out that is very... Um, what is that game? that like? Oh, um, Gradius. You know, with the eyeball yes, exactly. on, a, on, a, on a neck. <laughs> yep, this thing has an eyeball on the end of a giant like neck looking thing and you have to hit the eyeball with shots. Um and then the next level after this one that 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 we're looking at here on the screen is like one with lava in it and it has very like almost like parallax scrolling with the lava. The lava splits open as you're going down the level. Um it is it it I mean, I, I don't want to say it's the greatest game in the world. It's really not, but it is a solid shooter on the PC engine. And the PC engine is a platform for shooters. So, I mean, this is, you could just add this to your kind of, of collection of, of shoot 'em ups that you want to play on the PC engine or, or TG 16. Um, I played this quite a bit and it is very challenging. I mean, I got, I only got to Looks level, like Two, I got to level two where the the boss that he's fighting right now. I would love to play this game uh, with a with with a, a player two. I think we could probably get a lot further um, than I did, but um, it, it's it's very challenging. So anyway, that's the game, Dragon Saber. Dragon. Yeah, have Saber. you guys played this? 
I'm sure. No, I've not seen this one before. Yeah, I, I've, I know I've played Dragon Spirit. Um, I'm, I, mm-hmm. I'm sure I've played this one, but just weren't going through all the you know PC Engine titles. So I don't specifically, but it does. It feels like a fantasy themed um, Zevius to me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and I think it's a little, a little bit more better creative. Than a little more creative, yeah. yeah. Because Zevius, yeah. you end up like having a pretty limited number of enemy types. Yeah. This one has a ton of enemy types. Much more creative, um, more patterns, more to learn, and yeah. yeah. But you are a dragon, and that fulfills the that fulfills the you requirement are of this. A dragon. You are indeed a dragon. Oh. But anyway. and, and it is indeed a shmup, which is going to lead me to my first game. Excellent. Which is a shmup, again, very shmuppy, these dragon games, on the NES. Now, I thought about picking Dragon Spirit, because which is the predecessor to this game, so I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been <laughs> awkward. But um, uh, now I can't even remember what it's called now. It's Legendary Wings. There we go. Yeah. And, and I chose this one. I played this one. It's yeah, and it, it honestly looks and feels a lot like Dragon Spirit in the game you just played. However, mm-hmm. uh, it is not a game where you are a dragon. Uh, Legendary Wings is a NES game, pretty straightforward, fantasy-based shmup made by Capcom, so you know it's quality, on the NES. And I chose this game for, for a couple of reasons. One is it's surprisingly fun. Every time I see it, I'm like, man, it looks like a really generic shooter. And then I end up playing it and having a great time with it. Uh, and that is for a couple of reasons. The main reason is that there's freaking dragons in it. No, the main reason is is that it's an, it's actually an, a fairly easy shmup. Um, this is a game that, I mean, you can't just coast through it. You have to learn. You have to play it and kind of learn patterns. But once you do, this is, this is a game, if you want to try to beat a shmup, this is one of those games that might be worth hopping into and, and, and trying. Um, Sounds perfect for me, then. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, now, this game has a lot of levels. And it's got a lot of different kind of play types, even though it is a shmup. So, for example, we were just doing a vertical scrolling game. And now, look, we're doing a horizontal, like, Life Force-style game with these insects coming at you. For an NES game, it's very colorful. Um, It is not, like, top-quality graphics, but they are colorful, kind of cartoony graphics. Um but now you can see, yeah, you're just, you're this archangel winged thing. I didn't look into the story. I don't know what the story is. It's kind of all kinds of mixed up mythological, like it's almost like Greek mythology mixed with uh, mechanical snakes at this point. It's just craziness going on. There's, there's craziness going on here. Uh, but now you can see that it's going almost like um, salamander or life force. You're going you went to this guy's throat and now you're inside the bowels going left to right. Um, and then later in the level, you pop back out, you're going on back on land over this desert and you're going vertical at this point. Um, you end up going again, left to right again, but then there's these boss levels and these boss levels. If I can find an example of one, um, it's almost like, it's almost like fantasy zone where it's a stagnant, you just you versus the boss. But then there's other boss levels where when you press right or left, you face that way and shoot that way. So that mm-hmm. becomes kind of like fantasy zone when when you go left and right and shoot left and right. Um, it's kind of all over the place, and there's a lot to it. If you actually look at the time signature here, this is a no-death playthrough. It's a solid 50-minute game from start to finish. 
And I feel if you sat down and played this a few times, like once a day for a few days, you'd get to the end of it um, and enjoy it the whole time through because it's it's substantial. Yeah, at this point, you're in the spaceship. <laughs> um, it does do that thing where when you touch the ground, instead of flying, you run. You actually have your legs actually run on the ground, which is kind of cool. It's oh, um, a run and gun as well, then. There you go. Sure, why not? <laughs> but anyways, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a an interesting playable, beatable shmup um, on the NES, and I didn't get to the point right, which is, of course, now I'm having trouble finding it. This boss right here. There's a mini boss, almost every level, and it's a dragon, mm-hmm. and. It has a similar pattern with slightly different uh, attack each time, and it changes colors, but you fight, you'll fight this dragon multiple times throughout the game, therefore making it a dragon-related game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's got dragons in it. Last-minute dragon addition. Legendary <laughs> wings. Cool. Okay. Uh, so, back to me, I guess. And um, back to shooters, I guess. Yeah, back back to shooters. Um, this one's pretty much on the nose. Um, Saint Dragon. <laughs> uh, can't get more of a dragon game than this one. Um, I did think of Dragon's Fury Pinball, um, but yeah, we've we've done that one in several different episodes, I think, haven't we? So yep. Um, now, what yeah. system did you play it on? I don't. I don't. Oh, arcade. Well, you played. Uh, you picked the arcade. I kind of flipped and flopped on this one. Um, because there is some, there's a lot of versions of this. So it was done, um, on the micros. So it was done on the, um, uh, what was it? Uh, the C64 Specky MSX. And then it, it also had a uh, 16 bit versions, the Atari ST Amiga. Um, and it even got ported to the PC engine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't didn't get a chance on that one that'd probably be a, probably be a good way but i i plumped for the arcade version in the end um unfortunately there's no mr core for this one um so i had to break out the um i had to break out mame um on my um, on my pi 400 and played this the arcade version um it's a very nice um uh, arcade shooter um scrolling left to right as normal um you've got the the usual power up and pick up mechanic um starts off very kind of like r type looking i guess um where you've got sort of like um aliens rather than mechanic um rather than completely uh, mechanical enemies um, they're like that alien being said alien insects yeah i'm getting like a pity of vibes yeah yeah that sort of thing uh, but your main character is like a robotic dragon essentially um now the feature with this is that you've kind of got a um a link of orbs that uh sort of like follow you around um it, it kind of like a chain and they mm-hmm. sort of like move as you move with you um now that does affect your um status but doesn't affect your hit window so if you get hit on that chain it doesn't actually take you out it's only the the head of the dragon as it were is where your hit box is um, so that does make it a little bit easier um you've essentially um it, it's a shooter you get um pickups along the way um which uh, increase your weapon ability um you've got end of level bosses as you would expect with a shooter like this um 
the reason why I picked this, not so much because it's uh, remarkable in any way, but I think because of the level of conversions that it had and the different versions that were out there um i wanted to sort of like try and have a look at this and i think i've got the original of it on the 64 but it was on tape and i tried loading that up on tape and that is a lesson in futility mm-hmm. um and nev- never 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 try that um so I, I played the c64 version and that's actually really solid game on the 64 because you'd think you know this being quite uh busy on the screen oh, yeah, lots um, of lots of bullets Exactly, yeah. And there's lots of big um, sprites on the arcade version, and they've actually recreated some of that on the 64 as well. Um, so whilst you haven't got sort of like the detailed backgrounds like you've got on the arcade version, the 64 version is actually quite faithful to the level play. So where you get the the bosses in between and all that sort of stuff. So Very curious. I'm um, take a look now. Yeah, and there's the Spectrum version got quite high ratings when it was first released, um, but then the um, <laughs> when it got released on the budget label a few years later, it got absolutely pummeled by the reviewers <laughs> because they said it was a bit slow and clunky, which I, th- I tend to agree with the Spectrum version. It's a bit basic. Um, but the C64 is, is actually quite, wow. a, quite yeah. a faithful version. Yeah, um, and I was quite good. surprised, actually. Um, you know, because it, it bit flew a bit under the radar for me, this one on the 64. Yeah, the colors um, are interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know, you know muddy. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, got that, it's got that typical muddy kind of uh, color palette on the 64. Um, but I think you can forgive it on the gameplay. I think the way that they've kind of worked out this, there you go. Let's see. Yeah, it's really impressive that what they've done. Cow style boss. And they, they've actually got that. I guess that's a big multiplex sprite on the 64. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's a really solid shooter. One I'd recommend you give a, give a go. Um, I enjoyed my time with it and got, got relatively far in through on the arcade and the 64 version. Um, yeah, so it's, it's it's pretty pretty standard fare really for a shooter, um, but um, hits the dragon brief I think quite quite well. Good yeah. choice. Yeah, this this makes me want to play. Actually, it makes me want to play the C sixty four version. Mm. I know. Yeah, I don't think I've heard of it on the C sixty four. Yeah, it was done by Sales Curve Interactive. Oh um, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Cool. Nice. Well chosen. Okay. Speaking of dragon right. games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so again, speaking, uh, picking my sub theme uh, of arcade games converted to console ports, I picked the King of Dragons, which is an arcade game that was ported over to the Super Nintendo. And I played the Super Nintendo version. So a couple things to note about this game. Uh, it is of course a Capcom game. Um, it was released in 1991. Uh, on the Super Nintendo, it was released on 94. So arcade version came out in 91, Super Nintendo version 94. Um, it makes it a little easier on screen because the sprites are smaller on the Super Nintendo. So it kind of gives you a little more breathing room in real estate, whereas in the arcade game, the sprites were much larger. Um, but with that said, the sprites are still very detailed and very colorful in the Super Nintendo game. I should say this is a beat-em-up, the King of Dragons. In the beginning, when the game starts, you have you can pick five characters, um, or I'm sorry, pick from five characters. Yeah, um, they are like your typical kind of D and D style characters. I can't remember. 
if what I can they find all them here. are, but there's like, you know, a fighter, a wizard, um, a rogue, you know, it's, it's, it's basically kind of the D and D tropes of who you're picking. But, um, on the super Nintendo, I believe you can play up to two players at one time. So you you're able to, to jump in there and play two players. It can be a fighter, um, a wizard, an elf, a cleric, or a dwarf. There we go. Perfect. Um, let me guess what Eric picked. What do you think Eric picked Tim? Yeah, go ahead. First, because I played through a bunch of these guys. Uh, well, Eric's a lover, not a fighter, so I would say he probably went with the wizard. I think wizard. I think he went dwarf. I went the elf. First oh, one I picked was the elf. I always pick like the long range shooter first to get a feel for the game, and then depending on how the game goes, I'll pick like a fighter or something like that. But yeah, pick yeah. the elf first. Um, so the game is kind of like it. It really is. Um, like a like it follows the a, a pretty basic scheme of beat 'em ups whereas the it, it you have a single attack button which just moves your sword or shoots your magic or shoots your bow depending on the character that you're using um and then it also has a jump button now if you're near an enemy you can hit if the enemy attacks you you can go back on the joystick and it will use the shield that you have um oh, nice and block can, uh, yep, and that was in the arcade. But in the cool thing about the Super Nintendo version is in the in the options you can remap that to an actual button, which I found incredibly helpful because in the arcade you have to be very quick about moving the joystick backwards, right when you get attacked to to pull the shield up. Um, if you hit both buttons at the same time, so the attack and jump button, you use a magic thing that basically um, hits everything on the screen at once. It may not kill everything on the screen at once, but it will hit everything on the screen at once and do damage to everything. Um, But at the cost of taking some of your energy away. Now this game has very light RPG elements. Um, Basically when you're going around killing things, you pick up little bags of gold and other things, and they will add to your experience points and you will automatically level up as you're playing. And when you level up, you have some invincibility for a few seconds. Um, and you, um, you, you're, you, become, you get either get longer life bar or more powerful hits, um, things like that. But along the way, you could pick up extra armor, more powerful weapons, um, all that kind of RPG kind of tropes, but it's very light RPG. Um, and then you just go through and like we just saw on the screen here, the dragon tie in is like one of the very first bosses you get is a three headed Hydra dragon. Um, now in the arcade, all three heads are on the screen at once. The super Nintendo didn't have that kind of Jack. So there's only two heads at once, but you still fight in three heads. They just come to at two at a time. That's pretty cool. Cause the, each it, head's a different color. That's right. So they and each then, have a little different attack. Yep. And then like, this next level will take you on a ship. So it basically every level is, has a different theme. This one has skeletons in it. Um, and you're fighting those, uh, there's, there'll be like these little Griffin things like with Eagles that come down. It, it the thing about this game is it's not going to be super fancy shoot or beat them up. Like something like a streets of rage where you can grab a hold of people and throw them or, you know, there's di- like different moves you can do. This one is a pretty, 
basic beat-em-up, but the interesting thing, the RPG elements that add in there and the diversity of the enemies and stuff like that, the, it's it's very colorful. Um, it it's a it's one of those games again that is just kind of relaxing to me. Like I can I played through quite a bit of this game. Um, I didn't beat it, but I played through a lot of it, even on a single credit. So it's one of those that's you know if you're pretty good at beat 'em ups, you can get pretty far in it. I do like how you can attack the projectiles as they're coming at you and like break them. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. Um, so that's my second pick is the King of Dragons Super Nintendo version. And guess what the last boss is? Big dragon. Whoa. Dragon. Big old dragon. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Very cool. I did not reach I did not reach this boss. Just to let you know. <laughs> well, I'll go for my last one, which again is a retro flashback. I have covered this game, I believe, again the first year. However, I was really trying to find another game. I was thinking Coryune, which is a shooter mm-hmm. <laughs> with a dragon on the Turbo Graphics. I kept thinking of more shooters. I'm like, you know what? I need to pick a non-shooter game. And this one came to mind. I remember a dragon in this game. Actually, I believe a Hydra as well. Yeah. And this I, game... I, wasn't this in six good games that had Gaiden in the title? Um, No, not this one. Okay. I don't believe okay. so. Although you're right, the Japanese name for this game was called, I'm going to say it wrong, but Saiken Densetsu Final Fantasy Gaiden. Yes. In America, it was released called as a Final Fantasy Adventure, and it's a Game Boy game. And essentially, it's a wow. weird it's a weird hybrid uh, game that is weird that it exists. Um, but basically, there was a few Final Fantasy Adventure ga- or Final Fantasy games out on the Nintendo. Everyone loved these turn-based strategy RPG games. Uh, and then they decided to do a spin-off, which was a an action RPG. And they came out with this game. And they decided to put Final Fantasy characters in it and topics and things. So it's actually a, uh, a Japanese game that came over to America com- completely just called Final Fantasy Adventure. But really, it's called Final Fantasy Gaiden, which, as we know on the show, means side story in Japan, so it's kind of like, this is an offshoot. And then the Saiken Densetsu name, it's, it's the first Saiken Densetsu game, which went on to create many other games. Um, I think the next one was called Secret of Mana uh, in America. And uh, and then there's a couple other ones, uh, Dawn of Mana and uh, all these of Mana games, but they're action platformer, or I'm sorry, action RPG games. They are, yeah. Action, um, uh, yeah, Secret of Mana, I've played... I played I went through a spell with that one and got pretty yeah. far in it. Yeah, me too. Played that one. It's a good game. Yeah, so this game is a full-on action RPG, and it's really cool um, on your Game Boy, your black and white Game Boy. So uh, I love action RPGs, one of my favorite um, genres. And uh, it's kind of got a little bit of Zelda, Zelda vibe, especially this part we're watching right now. Um, but it's definitely it's, its own vibe, and it tells much more of a story. Um, you start as a slave, a gladiator battling your way out of the, against this monster to get your freedom. And then, uh, you know, there's experience and levels up and, and potions and all this good stuff. Um, but it gets pretty creative on kind of where the adventure goes. Um, character, reoccurring characters from Final Fantasy. There's a little chocobo guy in here later on in the game. And it's a game I had when I was a kid. Uh, and I probably already told this story before. 
Uh, it's a game I had when I was a kid. And I, I was given a Game Boy and this game when I had my, uh, I believe my tonsils taken out. Uh, was it my tonsils? I had two surgeries when I was a kid. This is one of them. Anyway, so when I came to for my surgery, I had a gift basket of, I remember, like these bear cookies on sticks. And I had a Game <laughs> Boy with this game and loved this game. I loved the, this is where I learned about RPGs. This is where I learned about powering up. You know, the level at the bottom of your screen is a bar that shows you your experience and what when your next level is. Um, it's just a good RPG, action RPG. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say yeah. about it. It and, actually looks, I mean, this mode, it looks a lot like Zelda, but I mean, yeah, it I really does. I mean, further in the game, it gets a little less so, but, um, in my it opinion, it almost looks, it looks better than Zelda though, to be frank. Exactly. In my opinion, it's <laughs> yeah. much better yeah. than Zelda, the, the original Zelda. I can, I can also see the <clears throat> secret of mana in it as well with the characters, mm-hmm. the, the way they're drawn and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, at this point in the good. game, there's a lot of enemies with poisons, so you have to like find antidotes and make sure you have those on hand. So you, when you get poisoned, you get you get an antidote. That he's got a big sickle now that's attacking things. That wizard, if, if I remember correctly, is on your team. It's kind of helping you out for this particular mission. Um, yeah, lots going on, lots to do. Just super cool game. Nice. Uh, and one of the main bosses when you get to like the watery stage is a big hydro with multiple heads that attacks you. So I'm just going to go to this screen here. Um, So for example, I don't know if you can see that here. Here's the hydro with heads attacking you. And I think at this point you have like a bow and arrow. So you have to attack it while it's shooting fireballs at you from this pond and you have to, to get it before it gets you. Now, what you see here on the right is they remade this game, and I was looking into this because I'd love to play the remade game. Uh, it looks like it's only been remade, and it's, it's completely color, and it's beautiful with all kinds of bars, but the gameplay and everything else is identical. Um, really looks good, but it turns out what this remake is is part of the... What do they call it? Go here. <clears throat> um, the World of Mana where they remade, like, five of the secret mana games for mobile devices in Japan. Oh, wow. So it's like, well, I'd love a version of that, but on something I can just play here with a proper controller, not on a PC or a mobile touchscreen. Yeah, Um, and also you need a translated version as well because it's all Japanese. Yep. (laughs) But I'd love to to play it. So there we go. Cool. Excellent. And as I always say, that is... Six good games, and that is an episode of Pixel Gaiden. Yay! Another one in the books. Congratulations, guys. (laughs) I like the cut of your jib. (laughs) What else do I have here to play with? I don't don't have anything else good. I have a sad violin to play us out. The last last episode in September. Yeah. (laughs) Um... Any ideas for next month, gentlemen? Next month will be spooky Halloween month. So yeah, I think we we picked our six good games, right? I well, think you guys agreed on that. Yeah, let's tell the people what we're going to be talking about. Six good games with skeletons. Ooh, scary. And I went ahead and picked our battle for us. Yes. I wanted to pick some spooky games on similar systems, but I wanted to be console exclusive. So. Oh, nice. I picked... Mr. Bones on the Sega Saturn, which is really kitschy, side-scrolling 
action game where you're a skeleton. And I'm trying to remember. Oh, I picked. Uh, I have, I honestly have no idea about this. Could be a Tim type pick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I hit it again. Um, on the Nintendo 64 competing system to the Saturn, a game called Nightmare Creatures, which I believe only came out in the Saturn. And if I remember right, it's like an over-the-shoulder third-person monster slaying kind of creepy game. Let's think Resident Evil, but not as good. <laughs> but that's on the N64, right? The N64, exactly. Okay. All right. So, I want to throw it, throw it out right here because I'm always always curious to figure out where Tim lands because he gets the the added benefit of figuring out which one of these he wants to partake in. Uh, I'm going to go call this on a technical audible all right um and the fact that i don't have an everdrive for the c for the n64 so i'm going to go with the c uh, six good games so we're gonna have to get you one of those there because last time yeah, you had to buy a cartridge and yeah that, it's one of those systems that's that's still not quite got the emulation quite right and because of the controller and all that sort of stuff yeah i'll, I'll get one eventually but yeah i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go with six good games on this one all right, right there we go. So start picking out your skeleton games. Woo-hoo. All right, gentlemen. Well, that is uh, September in the books. So we will see you next month on October 15th for the next episode, which we uh, are going to research and record like in like eight days. Yeah. Because <laughs> we took we took a while to get this one in the books. So any last words for the people? No words. How no, about these? None whatsoever. How about, how about these words? Remember, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at Oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. You can reach Tim Drew as well on Twitter at Sanction. That's S-A-N-X-I-O-N. If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash pixel guide in. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. <laughs>